Dusty, I've got a tail. Uh, <laughs> is that like a new medical thing? T a l e. Yeah, sorry. Ah, I, I okay. do not have. I don't do not have a t a i l. That was removed eons ago. Yeah, I'd love you either way, tail or no. I think I'd be cute with a tail. Uh, I already I, got a bit of a rat face. <laughs> I think evolutionarily, we we probably lost it for like a good reason because humans are clumsy enough without a uh, tail always know. always slamming it in the door <laughs> i just want to do <laughs> for some reason it just popped in my head i want to write like a sitcom for like like where it's like <laughs> there's there's somehow like a a giant like squirrel man <laughs> right sure you walk he's yeah. bipedal and he's got a tail i don't care what what uh species he is yeah mad libit from there but and, he's <laughs> and like once every other episode he slams his tail in the door when yeah. he enters and you know the sitcom entrances where it's like oh it's johnny ha ha we all laugh yep. and he just like he like hastily like kramer walks into the room and shuts the door behind him and just starts ah! <laughs> That's the worst part about I've I've been I, I don't want to take up your tail. I, I uh, will I will uh, I will I will present my tail. Okay, but the the worst part about rewatching Seinfeld is the the time when Kramer was the most over character on that show. Yeah, and he would come into the room and the audience would scream and applaud and they'd have to wait till they were done to start doing the line. <laughs> so then you just have dudes just standing there waiting for their cue, the way looking like nobody ever naturally looks it really really breaks the illusion for yeah me. they have to like pause for a second like they're in a wax museum yeah or it's like 30 seconds because some of them kramer uh applause breaks were long and it's Listen. like jerry's just standing there just waiting to give him his line what's up with that hat kramer <laughs> he's gotta wait you know the 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 ultimate baby face kramer um <laughs> kramer un- the ultimate baby face until yeah right it's michael until. richards oh. big heel turn tough guy he got he got himself some cheap heat yeah (laughs) (laughs) it all relates back to wrestling my man yeah um so i've got a i've got a a tale of triumph and joy oh Um, so as opposed uh, to woe and sorrow which is our normal which is our 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 baseline yeah Yeah. our speed uh if you will uh (laughs) there's uh so i i uh, i started dating a girl uh, like a month and a half ago and uh yeah i know it's crazy well the, 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 usually booze because usually the, the women are angry they're usually sure, throwing yeah, yeah. things at that that point um but um when we when we first met she told me because I, I told her about my my we, we talked about all of our past loves and 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 tragedies and all that stuff i told her about my cat you know um and uh who oh, old houdini uh passed away in july <laughs> your one it, other true love no miss, joke miss your brother it's, yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I'm I'm pour, pouring out some liquor for my boy. Uh yeah. and uh she had recently uh she had just recently moved from out of town to Bakersfield and her cat ran away like immediately. Her cat was like this isn't where I live. Fuck this. I'm gone, right? And uh so as soon as I heard about this, I I just started uh steady printing flyers and like posting in, in Facebook groups and, and stuff like that. She was overwhelmed with sadness. So I'm like, sure. What's the easiest way to get a girl, right? right. Find you her can cat. Pick up, you can pick up the trail. Yeah. You know, so the, and I, I, I can think like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I am part cat, you know, yeah, you've got a cat mind. Yeah. I've got a cat's mind. I've always said that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
the the cat Louie, he 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 uh he left us on August first or second, right? Uh huh. And uh, I can gladly good cat re- name by the way. Louis it is cat. a solid a solid cat name. Um, yeah. I I can I can happily report September 9th, twenty twenty two, Louis came home. We found him, ladies and gentlemen. Improb- we got, we got him. him. <laughs> Improbable, impossible, yeah. In unthinkable. A year. In a and year. yet, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, uh, one of the neighbors saw the saw the sign um, uh, had been Open feeding Louis. That is true. Thank you. Uh, yeah. this, uh, had been feeding Louis for three or four days, uh, and. Uh, Man, cats, man. Goddamn cats, dude. That cat knew where he lived. Yeah, he I know. Just, that's what he's just on he's vacation. Just a, he was just getting a free ride. He's in a new neighborhood. He's testing everybody out, see see who he wants to live with in the neighborhood, yeah, you yeah. know? Uh, he was having auditions. Uh, uh, so the, they, they called, and uh, we, we went, and we th- threw that son of a bitch in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> he we, went into a shark cage. We, we drove him home. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. But I just can't stop, like... That's some homeward bound shit, dude. That is a Imagine real Disney how, miracle. Yeah. Dude, it was 115 degrees outside two days ago. This cat's from the beach. Yeah. It's a beach-ass cat. Nah, I bet that cat was inside. I don't <laughs> know. He's, he's luxuriating. He was luxuriating. <laughs> That's a Dusty Rhodes word. Yeah, yeah. He was luxuriating. He was sophisticating. I've been, I've been watching a lot of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, clearly wearing off on me. He he came back super skinny, though. So uh, ah. so I, I'm guessing he was an outdoorsman. He was killing things. He that We wonder, though. He, he could have ended up inside somebody's house at some point. He could have, like... I, w- I wish he could tell stories. I bet he's got some stories. <laughs> I so Sarah and I uh, have three cats. She has she had three cats. I live here now. Now I have three cats. Yeah, I lo- I love cats. Mm-hmm. I'm super down with cats. But the cats are always they're strictly inside cats. Yeah, but they're always kind of looking outside, like they want to go. They're like and longing. Two, yeah, two of the cats are were born inside. Because Sarah adopted the mama cat while she was pregnant because that cat had been outside. Some hooligan had left the cat. And so we had like, we adopted deadbeat cat dad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And they look like they want to go outside. And I'm like, dude, you guys are living high on the hog. Like there's nothing out there for you. There's stuff to smell. Certainly, but like, stuff to smell. exactly, no, fuck face. I want to go yeah. smell that stuff. But sometimes, even the mom cat, she'll like, she'll look out and I'll be like, You were out there, don't you understand? You know how it goes. That's where the yeah. weather is, yeah. And then, but the weird thing is, if we leave the door open, like the, the front door, and leave the screen so the cats can't get out, mm-hmm. if the mom cat gets to the screen and she like smells the outside for too long, she gets like real riled up <laughs> like she gets uh, she's fucking wild because she goes back she, into street mode is she fixed yeah, yeah. Oh, i was gonna say they're all fake but she no i think she just she knows she's like, back in the street mode <laughs> you know oh i can kill things out there yeah I can she's kill, like you know how many buttholes i smell right now <laughs> she would just fly, and then she'll just fucking bap one of the other cats <laughs> for getting <laughs> too close for a while and we have to like take her away and put her in a room to let her get reacclimated to the inside it's like <laughs> she's slapping her kids for having dreams <laughs> yeah she's uh 
she's like Brooks from Shawshank Redemption. She gets out, she doesn't know what to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have resigned to the fact that if I ever, uh, well, not if, when, very soon, I will have a new cat. Uh, yeah. And uh, he he or she is going to be, uh, we're going to call him Staying on the Inside. That's going to be his, his name. Uh-huh. Yeah. He is not going outside. No. He's not even going to know there is an outside. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to take his claws away or anything. Maybe every once in a while I'll bring in, I'll go buy a gerbil and I'll... Just... Uh, let him bap it around. Just let him do his thing. Yeah, just let him do yeah. his thing, you know? I'll, I'll look the other way for a little bit. I did have a declawed cat once. We didn't declaw it. It was declawed before we got it. Before it, before the fucking emails start rolling in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you before for somebody... making that clarification. <laughs> I would never do that. I think it's terrible. But yeah. we adopted the cat from somebody. And this is like the saddest, just the saddest cat you'd ever seen. It just was inside all the time. It had never been outside. It's got no claws. It's not a predator, you know? And then we moved to the country, and we made it an inside-outside cat. That cat could not have been more overjoyed by that turn of events. Really? I, th- I, was, I yeah. thought you were going to say more helpless. <laughs> no, I mean... I thought you were going to say it died in 30 minutes. Something fucking No, she was it. super stoked about it. I mean, she was ultimately killed by a dog, so I don't know. <laughs> You know, all things considered. Her last words would were, would have been nice to have the knives on my hands. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, uh, <laughs> Fuck. I was, yeah, it was, <laughs> so that's terrible. Obviously, I was not stoked about that. This is supposed to be uh, a story of triumph. <laughs> yeah, but for a while, no, but it like completely changed this cat's complete like outlook. For like three oh, weeks, she was dope. <laughs> You know, she she lived a long time. Her and the her and the dog had what until the end seemed like a fun Looney Tunes style <laughs> oh, relationship, antagonistic relationship. The dog was just done, steady waiting. You the know? dog was like, you know what? I think I think I'm sick of this cat. Yeah, well, because the dog lived outside on a chain. Did you piss neighbor's. the dog off? No, it's my neighbor's dog. Uh, and so I we just came home, and they were like, hey. Our dog killed your cat. Remember, <laughs> remember how you used to have a cat. Yeah, remember how you had a cat. But I remember, in ultimate cat fashion, Whitney the cat used to sit. That she knew how long the chain link was, she would so sit she would just sit outside. just far enough away from the dog to where it couldn't get her. And I, I went outside one time and witnessed it. And then I had to snatch my cat up. What are you doing? A dog's a psycho. It's gonna. <laughs> it wants to kill you. And so, but. At that point, still very funny. Because, she played herself. She, she yeah. eventually played herself. Yeah. Icarus. Keep... You should have named her Icarus. Yeah. Hey. Whitney, not a good cat name. I don't like Whitney the cat, but we didn't name the cat. So. I, it's fine. It, it's, like, it, it's, it's like an overly human cat name, you know? Like, Louie's yeah, a cute name. Yeah, it's either got to be, it's got to be like an old person name. If yeah. You're gonna name, you know, like, I know uh, somebody named their cat Silas, and that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jasper's a good cat name. That know? is a really like, good cat name. Yeah. Stop naming more because it's going to sound... If I pick a, a, a cat name and, and you happen I'm to... Your, have, you burn everyone. Name. Yeah, you I burn mean, everyone that you say because people are going to be like, oh, I listen to Snark Marks number 68 and fucking <laughs> Dusty yeah. said that he should name his cat fucking Glenn or something, whatever <laughs> I end up naming my cat. Yeah. Now, I've got an idea uh, for, for a cat name for a boy, but it, it depends on if I get a boy. Yeah. Well, good luck with your cat. Uh... They're dope. 
I'm, I'm nervous, man. I'm, I'm, I'm paralysis by analysis. I, I, I care so much about cats. It's kind of my thing. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm picking my life partner, but I can't <laughs> talk to him and hear right. like what they're, what they're. If we have any common interests or uh, how they deal with certain certain things, you know, like yeah. are, are, sleeping, yeah. lazing about. Yeah, you, know, you guys have to, those are common interests. Yeah, that, that is true. General common interests. Yeah, that is true. How do you feel about video games? <laughs> does the noise bother you? I'm but for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this club is this club is formed. Uh, <laughs> so I guess, uh, well, actually, let's start the pod. We can preamble a little bit based on I think uh, what happened this weekend. It's going to put us sort of frame of mind but i have i have some things to say andrew all right let's get that theme song Welcome to Snart March Podcast, everybody. It's a wrestling retrospective podcast based out of the Central Valley of California. Dusty's still in the Central Valley, even though he moved away from me. Uh, I'm Andrew. This is Dusty. Uh, he's uh, he's Belichick. I'm Brady. You know. Uh, he, Ooh, he, wait. Does that... he wears the he wears the uh, yeah yeah? I'm, I'm gonna leave you for another podcast and hit it big. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna be stuck with some other guy who that I wish was you. Yeah, that sort of looks like you. You wear um, you wear raggedy ass sleeveless sweaters, and uh, and I was steady uh, doing that though. Belichick took that for me. <laughs> I I date the supermodels and yeah. um and uh, and kiss my twelve year old son on the lips. <laughs> when whenever I was teaching Belichick the cover too, I was wearing the raggedy sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh, no, you got to keep those safeties high, Bill. Listen to me. You dumb bitch. Uh. Yeah. So. <laughs> so uh listen to our uh, follow us on social media all of those <laughs> follow us on social media uh, on twitter we are at snartmarks pod dusty is at snartmark d i am at andrew idell on twitter and instagram probably follow me on instagram because i'm radio personality you know um oh, what is it what else do i say listen to the back catalog we got a bunch of cool shit that we did in the past listen to our booking shows listen to our first episode where we go over the little bit of the history of wrestling as well as our history with each other, which is delightful. Uh, Dusty's getting married on in two weeks from today. Yes. So two two weeks in one day. A fortnight. A fortnight plus it. one, right? Yep. Um, I'll be getting a tattoo the day before. Oh. So we're both okay. getting changed forever. Yep. <laughs> one for better, one for worse. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Let's do who's who. Uh, I got to see that tattoo first. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, last week we did uh, a couple of uh, documentaries on one American Dream, Dusty Rose, uh, one of the greatest, maybe my favorite wrestler ever. I always change. I, it's, yeah. it, it goes from The Rock, Ray Ray, Bret Hart, Spike Dudley, <laughs> Dusty the Rose. The true legends. <laughs> the true legends of the sport. The, uh, uh, 
the uh, the the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you remember whenever Spike Dudley starred in the Scorpion King? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, I think that's that's kind of natural because we are expanding your purview of pro wrestling in a general way. Yeah right? my 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 opinions on wrestling, despite how I book the Idel Wrestling Federation, have flipped <laughs> on their head in the last yeah. like six months or so. It's, a, it's been a wild turn, you know. Oh man, I've fl- fl- flipped on their head like goddamn uh, stupid Will Osprey or some shit. Or yeah. my 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 opinions have flipped on their head like they're wrestling Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was yeah. a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Who knows if my opinions will ever wrestle again? <laughs> yeah. Who knows if your opinions take a producer role in the backstage <laughs> area? Based upon one errant muscle buster. My my, but, uh, my opinions can't feel the fingertips. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, I try to keep up with modern wrestling as well. Um, I watched probably too much wrestling last weekend. Um, I watched the WWE's offering Clash at the Castle uh, on Saturday, which saw Roman Reigns retain his title. Uh, in front of all of Drew McIntyre's friends and family, maybe should have changed. Maybe should have switched that belt uh, for the moment in Scotland. But, they're just—they're just not gonna fucking do that until nope. they're still trying to do the Rock. I guarantee they want, still tra- they want the re- they want the Rock to beat him. But then, who beats the Rock? And then why does it matter? Because the Rock beats the guy that no one could beat for almost <laughs> yeah, three years. Just bury your whole company. Yeah, He's got- He's got to beat the rock and then drop it on like raw the next day. <laughs> yeah. The star jungle cruise better than every single fucking guy that's on your roster presently, which is true, but you can't, you can't tell everybody it's true. <laughs> it's damn charge. true. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's... That's what you do. Speaking of it's damn true. You bring in angle. Yeah. Well, a- you a- can't a- bring it. Angle Angle's beat to hell, dude. He's like seventy percent cybernetics at this point. Angle is the what? What is the the snake you bring in to get rid of the rats? <laughs> yeah, and then you need the snake killing bears that have been trained then, to kill the snakes. Then Goldberg comes in. And, yeah. Uh, if Goldberg has anything to do with any of this shit, if <laughs> when when Vince leaves and the first thing that I hear is Goldberg might come back because fucking uh, somebody got hurt or I can't remember what happened. No, Lesnar was going to walk out. Oh, because Lesnar was going to walk out. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe what the what I would what I, well I could believe it, but like I was like I thought Goldberg was a Vince thing. Yeah, it's well Goldberg is a hey everybody still remembers him. <laughs> he was on the cover of TV Guide thing, and he'll say yes because like everybody still remembers The Rock and Stone Cold more, but they yeah. won't say yes. Yeah, you're gonna get less yeses from Steve Austin and The Rock. You're gonna get a bunch of yeses from Goldberg. I mean, I Triple H. I'm not joking. I would rather them call in Ric Flair to to wrestle for that title. <laughs> yeah, if Triple H could still wrestle, he'd do it, but he can't. So you know, calls in Goldberg because yeah, of his heart. Yeah, uh, cardiac event. That so. sucks. Speaking of heart, call fucking Brett. I can't. <laughs> concussed like a motherfucker because of <laughs> because of goldberg goddamn he'll, goldberg he'll straight up tell you about it uh anytime anytime you want uh, uh, yeah he tells you about it a lot <laughs> yeah, he's steady will let you know <laughs> i'm i'm sorry uh i ordered a soft drink i thought the refills were free 
I didn't realize that the two extra Cokes that I ordered would be on this bill. Also, I could be easily confused because Bill Goldberg kicked me right in my goddamn head uh, <laughs> yeah. and ruined my career. I'm, anyway, I'd like I'm, to speak to the manager of this Red Robin as soon as possible. Anyway, I'm sorry, Canadian police officer on a horse. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that I couldn't go 75 miles an hour, if you'll remember. Bill Goldberg kicked <laughs> yeah. me in my goddamn really fucking hard. Yeah. But then uh, I put a figure four leg lock on Terry Funk and no referee tried to catch me, so I bonked my head on the floor. <laughs> trying to like entertain a... you and probably your father. Yeah, so... like, a, like a coconut <laughs> uh, right on the concrete floor. Uh, anyway, love you, Brett. Just, you know, we know. I know Goldberg kicked <laughs> we... you in the head. I'm really sorry. I'm truly... We... We hate him too. Yeah, I couldn't be more sorry. Even Goldberg is like, I've apologized a lot. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Did he say <laughs> like, that? Yeah, I was kind of like, I understand. I mean, how long can you really just keep being like, yeah, I, sorry, man. I'm really sorry. Uh, I hate you, him. You know. Uh, and then, uh, so WWE, pretty good uh, overall show. Enjoyed the show. Nothing like terrible on it except they didn't put the belt on goddamn Shayna Baszler uh for some reason who won it make any sense Liv Morgan beat Shayna Baszler <laughs> in a pro wrestling match listen you you asked for it to be more realistic Liv would also would obviously win that fight yeah against a little lady that was trained by Billy Robinson. No um, girl as good looking as Liv Morgan is ever going to beat a girl as ugly as <laughs> Shayna Baszler. Uh, Very easy. Yeah. Baszler, because they have a money match. <laughs> Baszler versus Rousey is the money. Like, that's a legit sort of, if you did the storyline right, you could do that. Or team them up and just have them wreck a bunch of people for a while. <laughs> did the storyline right. They did the storyline right. Did you forget? Did you forget what year it is, Dusty? I I know. <laughs> I just want it to be good. It seems so it's gonna easy. Be, it's going to be like two promos on Raw that they'll just play over and over and over again, and Rousey will call her do-nothing bitch, and because she said yeah. bitch, the whole crowd will be like, fuck you, woo, she said a bad word. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, and then they'll have a couple matches, and then the yeah. feud will be over, and then they'll just move on to the next one because it's a machine. Yeah. Right back to the mid card for Shayna Baszler. <laughs> Take uh, it easy, homely. <laughs> yeah. and, then, uh, and then I watched AEW All Out on Sunday, um, and it just finished. Luckily, in time for this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love pro wrestling, Andrew. Uh-huh. I love it so much. I've heard it's too long, Tony Khan. And the there's shows just too long. And there and and we'll get to it in, in this Dusty versus Flair match, I mean stuff. But that's what we're doing today, by the way. Dusty versus Flair. We didn't. Wait. Yeah. Um, there's too much of it. Not only yeah. is your show fucking six hours, you got fifteen shows a week. I, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, a pretty good show. Some odd things uh, happened in it. The acclaimed versus Swerve and Keith Lee was really good. Uh, Danielson versus Jericho was really good, except Jericho won for reasons that baffle me. Uh, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, it's fine either way. Mid card Daniel Bryan, dog. Mid card Daniel Bryan. CM Punk defeats John Moxley, returns as AEW champion. Immediately, 
from what I hear, and, tears and, his pectoral muscle, and then <laughs> so he has to have surgery. He just he just goes home quietly, right? Yeah, yeah. He takes. I mean, he's injured, so he goes back to the hotel. Goes home without ices issue. It, ices it up. No, he decides to drop a bomb for really no, like really no reason at all. I mean, I guess he. So here's the thing. I think that he's got a lot of pent up, obviously, feelings about being blamed for Colt Cabana no longer being on AEW TV. Whether or not Colt Cabana is not on AEW TV because him and Punk don't get along, uh, I don't know. That seems to be the general consensus. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me at all. But to take the media scrum, take like 10 minutes burying a guy that nobody knows about or even really cares about. Colt Cabana's a fine wrestler. I don't care. It's fine. Frankly, I think it's sweet that he shares a bank account with his mother. <laughs> yeah, I don't know really. I mean, aside from possibly shady tax purposes, I don't know what that's supposed to mean other than like, oh, you're not a man. You don't have your own <laughs> fake account with the fake money that they give us. He probably pays his mom's uh, bills. <laughs> yeah, CM Punk's and, like, he shares a bank account with his mother. That's all you need to know about him. It's like, what, that he's probably nice and taking care of his mommy? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so anyway, you know, the Cabana punk stuff, you can read about that elsewhere. Sounds like two dudes who used to be friends aren't friends anymore. That stinks, but whatever. You get to be an adult, like Punk said. You get to choose to not be friends with people if you don't want. If You get get a friend sued by a multi-billion dollar company (laughs) one time, and you're the asshole. (laughs) Yeah, if... uh, So that's the one part. The second part mm-hmm. is where he called out all of the elite, the Young Bucks, Omega, and Hangman Page, and called them dumb fucks in front of the boss of the company, and the boss of the company didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony Khan's just sitting there, not he was, paying he him. Was like sl- he was like half nodding the whole time. He was like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. because he knows where the bread is buttered. Punk, the, like, they can't... <laughs> The reason the elite are mad, in my estimation, is because they can't fuck with P- with CM Punk because he's the real draw. Like obviously, he's a real draw to the company. Not that they don't, not that they wouldn't survive without him. But they didn't do a million dollar house before he got there. His return match is the number one pay per view they've ever done. His segments draw better than anybody else's segments. He's the last big mainstream star WWE had. Like. And the dude has uh, fuck you money, from, from what I understand. So, like, he doesn't want to play around and do whatever. And the Young Bucks seemingly are sort of notorious for being passive-aggressively uh, those kind of dudes. So I could see why Punk is upset, but you can't, on the media scrum, go out there and just blow up the whole spot. <laughs> like, I, go, I go back and forth on this, because I, I, let, let me be on the record. I yeah. hate the Young Bucks. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like their personalities. I yeah. don't think they're particularly funny. Uh, I hate the new bio shit on Twitter. Um, I, we've talked about this a million times. I think they look weird with long hair. They're, they're, yeah. they, they look like... They look like uh, it looks like wigs. Their, their face just doesn't match. Uh, anyway, um, I, uh, I, 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 I'm, 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 I, unfortunately, <laughs> I agree with the, the bad man on the internet that their version of wrestling is not the best version of wrestling and uh i just i just hate them but and well and i i just can't stop hearing about them being dickheads you know um but 
also, Phil Brooks probably also stinks. I don't like that guy. He complains yeah. everywhere he goes. Like, in this situation, it seems like he's got a point. Like, it seems like they're being dicks to him. And and uh, some he got the short end of certain sticks, right? Uh, and and it, it, it they <laughs> Tony Khan did give the keys to his company and to a, a bunch of fucking super friends who who formed a clique <laughs> and and are and made, named them EVPs for some reason and all that shit. And so uh, everybody sucks in this scenario. Uh, it doesn't look good on the company at all. Like Tony Khan should be pissed about this, and he should have been yeah. like, you know what, you know what, we're gonna end this this press conference and like. But he should have, but I don't know if I could have if it was me. So like, I'm not shitting on the guy calling him a weenie or anything. But like, yeah. well, he's in a tough spot because if he tries to cut Punk off, maybe in the short term it saves what happened after. But then Punk is pissed at you, and he's got again because he doesn't. I mean, everybody needs money. Obviously, even when Hulk Hogan had all of his money, he would still want more money. But like, Punk could walk. He's walked before. Yeah, you put so much time and energy into this into building this guy back up that it would suck in the short term if he fucking bailed because you uh, undercut him. But as the president of the company, he probably should have said something like after the Colt Cabana stuff, which is, you know, if punk wants to air his side of the thing so that people can decide the problem is people have decided whether or not they believe punk's responsible for what happened to Cabana either way. So I understand wanting to defend yourself, but there's really no way to win that situation because he's not changing anybody's mind, especially the way that he went about it. It doesn't sound like he's a particularly good dude in this situation either. Like, so if if Tony Khan had said, hey, that's a that's a matter for business. You know, we could talk about that after the scrum or whatever. I'd like to focus on all out and all the good stuff that we did tonight. That's probably the pivot you you want to make, but I don't know that Punk. I mean, from all the reporting that I've seen, Punk went out there with an agenda to fucking flamethrower those dudes, yeah. <laughs> and no matter what anybody said or asked or did. So, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but I, the, like the yeah. main point is the point that you said, which is, hey, internet, Twitter, everybody stinks. Everybody in this stinks situation. in this situation. <laughs> No matter what CM Punk said, uh, short of I'm going to come to your locker room and stab you with a samurai sword, you can't go to his locker room and try to confront him when clearly he's like, as a reasonable person, you would say, hey, that guy's pretty pissed. Maybe we let him cool off. Maybe we do a mediation at some point at a neutral location after everybody's chilled out. That's the probably the best case scenario. You can't just go to his dressing room, demand to come in when he doesn't let you in, get more upset, and then not exp- and then get in a fight. Yeah, because I mean, CM Punk's UFC fights did not go well. Like they are on record. I saw some yeah. guy that was like, that was like saying that uh, CM Punk. There's no way CM Punk did shit because he's seen CM Punk's UFC fights, and it's like, have you seen Nick and Matt Jackson's UFC fights? <laughs> right. Uh, he's not great, but like, he did train with the actual Gracies. He's got to know something. And I and I think his his uh, I think it was Henry Hooft was his uh, kickboxing coach. And just yeah. so you know, a lot of you guys don't know who that is. His last name's Hooft. You think he's probably good at kickboxing? Yeah. <laughs> but right, it, could could CM Punk beat another trained MMA fighter? No, 
could he probably hold his own against Matt Jackson? I I would get I would venture to guess. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's probably he'd probably wrap him in a pretzel. I mean, it, Kenny Omega probably he probably kills yeah. Kenny Omega too. Yeah, and like did you I, see? Did you hear about the all hands on deck meeting? And uh, there was like was yeah, like, Omega said he would he would fire eighty percent of the of the people. So apparently the meeting was like going well. Like yeah. there was a little bit of rah rah shit going on, and I think Jericho spoke or something like that. And then Omega gets up at the end and is like, he says that he wouldn't have hired eighty percent of the roster. Yeah, I think his point was everybody should feel lucky that they get to work in AEW because if it were up to me. I would fire 80% of you, which is the wrong, <laughs> maybe the right message, but the wrong uh, messenger. Like the wrong way to illuminate that message is to be like, all you bums wouldn't have a job except for me and my 10 friends. I got Yeah, <laughs> I got to see if uh, Omega, the Young Bucks, Colt Cabana, and Hangman Page equal 20% of the roster because that's all right. I could think of that he'd probably keep. Yeah, so uh, like every everybody's stupid. If you're punk... You you can't do what you did at the scrum. I can't speak to whether or not he felt threatened. I mean, wrestling has a pretty torrid history of dudes confronting other dudes in the locker room. Yeah, it happens so a lot. especially well, like you know, because everybody immediately goes to Bruiser Brody, and I don't think the Young Bucks are going to stab CM Punk in the locker room. But you don't know. There's three dudes there. The Young Bucks. The Young Bucks walk in and. And as as Kenny's like yelling at him, the young bucks are pouring thumbtacks on the ground because <laughs> they don't yeah, know how else to fight. They're putting them in the boot. Uh, yeah. So it's a it's a mess all around. If you're the Bucks and Omega, especially because you have that EVB uh, that EVP title, even if it's a bullshit title, you can't go confront another dude that's on the roster and then get in a fight with them. And if you're Punk and and his group. Like maybe pick your maybe pick your battles better, man. Like everybody stinks. Well, whole, it sucks for it sucks for Tony Khan too, because like there's been a lot of dissension happening already, and a lot of people want to leave. And like there's, there's he's apparently like there's all these reports that he's being a dickhead backstage and freaking out on yeah. people, and like he had to bring in extra people to be his PR and shit. I mean his HR, and it's like so he's dealing with all this. He's feeling the heat. He's struggling. He's plundering. Yeah. And then this happens. And now he has to suspend his top baby face. I mean his top his top uh his top guy champion. Yeah. Um and so a lot of the locker room wants him gone, but he's basically the only thing adding any real legitimacy like at the top of his card cuz like there's Danielson but you keep beating Danielson for some reason. Right. Uh MJF's gonna come back, but who? I mean, that's cool. Who's he gonna wrestle? Uh, and like, who's gonna wrestle CM Punk? I know that's so what I'm saying. Like, yeah. And so like, because I mean, that's what was a strap match that they had before. That, yeah. that match was awesome. Uh, so like, but so it's like you 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 shit on MJF back in the day, and I've I've been talking about this for a long time. Every time it's like it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been nice to keep that guy around a little longer, huh? Uh, yeah. But at least he's back. Um, you uh you you didn't bury Brian Brian Danielson, but you're just beating him a lot. Yeah. You 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 rode the CM Punk train. You rode the train of the guy most likely to get pissed and walk. <laughs> yeah. And now like, and he is a guy that is so valuable to your organization. Like he is the top guy who has actual wrestling legitimacy. 
because uh, Omega and the Bucks do, but like in terms of like main, like like universally true, appealing, true mainstream status. Yeah. It's punk. Yeah, and like, so you either have to take the side of the the guys who you've been riding for this whole time, the Young Bucks and Omega and everybody, or you have to take the side of punk, and you might lose the other one if you don't. If right. you know, so like. He's been, but this is the problem when you let the inmates run the asylum. You you have to you have to have some separation between manager and uh, well, I, I'm using baseball terms between manager and player, right? You can't yeah. all be homeboys. Uh, if you're all homeboys, you're gonna run into some issues where you're gonna have to discipline some of your homeboys, and like, that's not always fun, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the big problem is now Omega and the Young Bucks got suspended, and they had just won the trios titles that they had just introduced. That they introduced now, four fucking them. <laughs> yeah, that they that's yeah. Awesome. So now <laughs> they have to vacate that belt. Punk is hurt, so either way, Punk was out. But uh, like now, you have to suspend or fi- or fire your number one guy that you spent over a year building, like and. Now the now the title's up for grabs again, and who are you going to put the title on? You're not going to put it. You can't even put it on Omega because he's not there. So it's going to go back to either Danielson. It's going to go to Danielson, or it's going to go to Moxley probably. And look at your biggest drawing mainstream stars. It's not the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. It's Punk, Moxley, Jericho, Brian Danielson. Those are really the dudes that people Holy might sh- recognize. Holy shit! I just realized. All those guys have something in common. Yeah. They they used uh, to wrestle for Vince. <laughs> yep. God damn it. And those are the good, like, if you're flipping channels and you just see the Young Bucks or the Lucha Brothers, who I love dearly. Yeah, me too. I like the Lucha Brothers a lot. Right. It's not, it might not get you to stop, but if you're like, holy shit, is that Chris Jericho? <laughs> you might stop, but Chris Jericho has all that name value because of all those years he spent in WWE. So, who do you put your title belt on that's going to get, that's going to be a bridge probably to MJF. And then if you don't fire punk, when punk comes back, then you do him and MJF. But like, even if punk hadn't caused a riot (laughs) backstage, do you put the belt back on a guy who's had two title matches and got hurt either uh, immediately after the title match or during the title match? (laughs) Like, who's a 44 years old it's it's rough it's rough all yeah over. and i don't i don't know how they uh i don't know how what they do uh he's he's got he has to discipline these people he has to try to get a little bit less dissension he's got to stop being a dickhead like he he you just can't you you can't alien or either he he is being an unreasonable dickhead to everybody and i'm saying talking about Khan. Right, and he needs to pump the brakes a little bit and learn how to lead. Or he's finally disciplining people and trying to be what he's always had to be, and people are are can't deal with it because they thought they were at what uh, they were in this club that of, of buddies, right? Yeah, there's it's an either or situation, and we're not I'm not there, so I don't know. But it sounds like from the reports that he's just being crazy, like an asshole to people, but. Um, oh, he's probably super stressed. He's probably super he's, stressed. It's he's got to take care of a, a football team, a football team, and the wrestling. <laughs> and he's the only guy in charge of the wrestling. Like he books everything, and the shows have gone down in quality. 
Like I bought this AEW pay-per-view because I like AEW and the matches are good, but like in regard to the stories leading into these matches, this is the weakest one. This is the one that I almost skipped. Cause I was like, eh, like punk's going to win this main event. He has to. And then MJF probably comes back. And other than that, like it was just a lot of wrestling matches and just a lot of long wrestling. Like, yeah, you know, and dudes are pissed. Malachi Black asked for his release. Thunder Rosa wants her release. Like, people don't want to work together. It's a weird environment, and I don't know how you fix it necessarily, except for like you said, like you have to you have to like drop the hammer on people, and that stinks because AEW is supposed to be not WWE, where everybody has to kowtow to events and people are afraid. But I don't know what you do. Because if you don't, then the like you said, then the 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 clicks start to run the thing, and you can't have that. Yeah, it's almost like he needs to bring in a, like he has Jr. It's almost it's almost like he has to give somebody like Jr. a little bit more of the reins in an official capacity. Um, yeah. If Jr. is down or somebody like that, where it's like bring somebody in with some real wrestling legitimacy who people respect, who will who they will listen to, or get Jericho to retire and be like that guy or something like. And I'm not the biggest like. I don't know if Jericho will, is ready for like to do something like that. I don't know Jericho's wrestling mind that much. I, I really respect a lot of the work that he's done in ring, but like you almost need somebody old like that. Like if 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 fucking Kane wasn't such an asshole, like some something like that, you know, bring a guy in who's been around a lot, who knows wrestling really well and who could run some shit. Uh but well, it's like Dana White. Like Dana White's, you know, he has relationships with his fighters. I don't think he's friends with the fighters, you know. It's like management. It, it's almost like we, we always talked about whenever we were doing the band. Like the venue wants to pay a band as little as they possibly can and get to get away with it. And the band wants to make as much money as the band can make. And the band always overvalues themselves and the venue undervalues the band. And you have to find, you have to fight and find some middle ground where everybody's happy, but it is an adversarial relationship like inherently. And the same thing, man, trying to manage a bunch of grown men who like, you know, I love wrestling, but like who pretend to fight for a living. So there's so much more politics than even, like a combat sport or football or something, because you have to be willing to work with the other dudes in the ring to tell the stories. And that's part of the problem right now is there's a lot of guys who don't want to work with each other or want to go into business for themselves or don't want to have the matches that would make the most sense. Well, it seems like these guys, yeah, the guys like the young bucks and all those guys who've been around for the whole time, they signed up for something. They signed up for something that, was not going to make Tony Khan and his father money, right? Um, ultimately, like the, you have to bring in other guys, you have to bring in stars, you have to bring in these guys. So I think they're starting to realize that the like Khan had to make some bring these guys in and and take the thing to the next level um, for the benefit of everybody. Like it makes the show better, it makes them makes them more profitable, which allows them to do more and pay people more and get better t- t- um, talent and stuff. But I think they're starting to realize that this isn't what they originally signed up for. This isn't just a place where they could do what they want and carry out their visions. And, you know, they have a billionaire friend who's going to let them do what they want. I guarantee there's a little bit of that. Like, I would probably feel that way if I 
was in a situation with a billionaire friend who would let me do whatever I wanted. You know what I mean? So like, um, I don't know. I don't know how you get out of it, but you know what? I'm going to get out of it. Cause we got to talk about dusty roads versus it's Rich Hoyt. Um, so, uh, I'll probably do like a timestamp. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, you know, we got a little off, uh, but last week we did dusty roads. Uh, we just like kind of career retrospective documentaries that we watched and, I've been wanting to watch the Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair matches for a while. And so Dusty put some stuff together. Uh, we watched a few promos. We watched three matches. And, um, yeah, God damn it. I, uh, I'm i going to go ahead and say I miss I miss old wrestling. Uh, I, yeah. I really, I really, really do. Um, Which is shocking. I mean, in I a good way. I know it but is. But shocking given uh, previous... <laughs> conversations we had before um by the end of this you're gonna you're gonna love the nwa man yeah it's just so much <laughs> it was so much better and they lost because vince had a more powerful machine and he had hulk hogan yeah That's... my my sins have been washed away uh <laughs> yeah yeah Even it's that just piggly wiggly you knocked over in Husef? <laughs> in yazoo oh yazoo uh I, I yeah I I I said I was innocent of those charges, but I was lying. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 just like, and this is a problem. This is the problem because I I I do listen to the to the the bad man on the internet, Mister Cornette, uh, yeah. every once in a while, right? Um, he's right <laughs> when it comes to. Uh, like the way that I see it is like, uh, when, when, when Dusty Rose and Ric Flair were fighting, it was drama. There was drama in the story that was enhanced by the drama of the fact that these guys were going to fight. Right. And the fact that they were fighting is the excitement, not the, not necessarily the impressive athletic shit they were doing while they were fighting. Right. It is the fact that it is a fight and anybody can win. And one of these motherfuckers is going to lose, right? Yeah. So, and like, they're fighting for something that they both care about very much. Like, the stakes are very defined. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like, it's not like, it's not a spot fest. It's not about, like, the drama isn't because somebody climbed to the top of the cage or yeah. because somebody can do a 350 splash and we got fucking. Uh, uh, Pac standing on the corner for 30 <laughs> seconds before he does a double backflip on somebody, you know? Like, yeah. it is that these dudes, two dudes were hurting each other and blood and guts and, and putting everything on the line for something that they cared about, for something that the crowd cared about, and uh, they, they were just superstars, like, vying for something that was a part of history, right? Yeah. And, like, I talked about how earlier... There's too much TV. There's 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 just too much wrestling on TV. You shouldn't see Roman Reigns on Raw wrestle. Right. You just shouldn't. Like your champion should. I don't even know if your champion. Yeah, your champion should probably wrestle once a month, right? Like because yeah. back back then the cha- they wrestled all the time. Like I'm not saying that's how it was back then. Back then they wrestled basically every night, but you didn't see it all the yeah. time because it wasn't all televised. It was they were they were just a tour, right? Like like. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're wrestling basically every night, but it's house shows. Yeah, and then there's television once or twice a week, probably. 
There's like yeah. a Saturday show and a Sunday show, and maybe the champ wrestles once a month, but it's mostly promos. Like you have matches, but the main stories are built through promos. Yeah, and, and through angles, you know. That's the thing. It it makes it more special when you get to see these guys compete. Um, but now they have so much TV to fill. You see everybody so many times. Like you have such access to everybody, and the the stories just plain. Just I mean, the, Roman Reigns has essentially had the same story for his entire run. Like it's basically been acknowledge me the entire time, right? Like, yeah. and like it's I just like I don't I I. I that's what I, that's probably informing my disdain for AEW that we were talking about right now. Because like, and it's funny because I I w- I am I have historically been very pro AEW. Like I I, I like a lot, I like some of their stuff, you know. But watching this old stuff, it's like, man, the crowd cared about this. Yeah, and the, the crowd were in awe when they got to see Ric Flair and when they got to see Dusty Rhodes and like they the the whole the the whole match is like. The ambient noise of the match is the crowd screaming the entire match. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not like that anymore. And it's more profitable now. Like, that's the, I, I saw a Meltzer yesterday. Somebody was talking about how, um, it was like kind of lambasting the modern style of wrestling that Meltzer is uh, championing, basically. Um, and he was like, well, you know, uh, they they just packed out fifty thousand for a non WrestleMania, so I think they're doing fine. Like it's pretty clearly working, and it's like, I guess yeah, I guess it is working because the 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 goal is to make money, right? Right. But well, they also haven't done an outdoor stadium show in the UK in eighteen years or twenty eight years or something like that. So like, yeah, that's the thing. It's an event now. It's not. It's not the that's not a to if I'm Meltzer, I probably blast him for not a fair comparison. Like exactly because like do you do you not think Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair would have packed that place? Like like if you, if you put them if you put them in a in a program, if you took their program like exactly what they did, plopped it into 2022 and did that match at that is that was at the castle, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you if you took this exact program with all the promos and the the lead up and everything, plopped it into 2022, put it in that castle, do you think they're not selling out that castle? Well, and it was it's almost more commendable because they had to sell out the same areas. Yeah. Like they didn't they couldn't just be like we're going to we're going to go to we're going to go to Scotland. It's not the novelty anymore. I mean, right, cuz that's the circus or like a rock band. You know, the Foo Fighters, you know, rest Taylor, R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins, they didn't have to play the same bars every single weekend. They yeah. fucking go to Wembley Stadium, they sell out 80,000 tickets, they don't have to go back the next weekend and try to sell 80,000 more. Did you see what Garth is doing in Ireland right now? No, I haven't Dude, seen. Garth sold, like, I don't want to exaggerate how many, hold on. But that's, like... Garth sold like half knowledge. a million tickets in Ireland for four shows or something like that. It's like something he, stupid. Like, of course he did because he's a superstar, and <laughs> I bet that show's going to be great. But it's because he doesn't go there. I wonder when the last time he played Scotland was. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It, it's it's uh, he was supposed to come. Uh, I can't remember how many years ago, um, and he didn't go. It got canceled, and they. Uh, 
they treated it as like a national tragedy. Yeah. It's you. We won't get to hear rodeo. Yeah. How am I going to tell him that I also have friends in low places? God damn it. My prayers have been unanswered. <laughs> um, so, but it's like, it's like that. Like if, you know, the Rolling, the Rolling Stones do a four night stand in LA. They don't come back to LA for two years. And that two years, there there's re-energized interest in seeing the Rolling Stones. Like the the Mid Atlantic territory was that territory. And you had to fucking get those people to keep coming back to see the matches every single week or every month or whatever yeah. whatever however you ran, you had to get people in that building and compounded time over time over time. You, I, I wonder how much more profitable wrestling is then versus now, and how much more, how easy, how much easier it is to make money now, because it is like the circus. You know, when they come here, I feel compelled to go because they're not going to come back for a year. All right, and, you know, but they're, they're there every the, week. Well, fucking, maybe I miss it. I don't know. And they're the brand. I mean, towards right. the end, I mean, when when uh uh. When this was going on, WWF was around, right? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't. Vince, it wasn't the. It was before uh, it exploded, right? Like, right. Because it it exploded kind of late eighties, right? Uh, eighty four is the start of rock and wrestling, and then WrestleMania one's nineteen eighty five. Okay, so, so yeah, so it's around exactly this time because yeah. because this is eighty four to eighty six. So yeah. Um. So they're not the only show. Like WWE is essentially. I mean, AEW is also a show, you know. But they they don't. Yeah. They're not selling. They're not touring like WWE is. Like they're still the Kleenex of wrestling. Right. So like. Um, anyway, it's. It, it, I'm just saying. Like. Uh, it seems lazy now. It seems lazy. It seems rushed. It seems very Walmart mass produced wrestling rather than um, actually building heat and generating. Uh, I think I think like that's the thing, and I've told you this before, and this this gets me in trouble when I when I uh, when I mention it sometimes. Uh, the the WWE roster is too big. I understand why they release people, like, and it sucks when people get released. I feel for people who get released because they're trying to live out their dream, and but there's very few places like in. In um, baseball, if a guy gets released, the fans aren't getting pissed at Hal Steinbrenner uh, for ruining this guy's life because I liked him and and you know what I mean. Like, right? It's not big bad Yankees for getting rid of a guy who wasn't performing. Right. And uh, I feel for the like I said, I really I have sympathy for those people, but like, um. Yeah, they have too many people on their fucking roster. Like it is, you can't. If you have five hundred people on your roster, four hundred and seventy-five of them are going to be no names, right? And but they only carry them because they have so many fucking shows. Yeah, well, and it's, and to keep them from other people, I think probably. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, we're looking at this nostalgically, like. The toothpaste, um, like we talk about all the time, toothpaste is out of the tube. Yeah, like, you can't you can't rebuild it. You can't. You can't do this because no. kayfabe's alive here, and yeah. kayfabe matters here because yeah. it wouldn't have matter. It wouldn't have been as good. 
Because also think about it. You don't get you didn't get major boxing. You got major boxing fights a few times a year, probably on ABC or NBC or whoever carried it. MMA like, didn't really. MMA was. I mean, it had. There had been weird little things done in Japan and shit, but there was no real MMA at that point. Right. So this is a combat sport, essentially. It's treated similarly to boxing and all the lead-up that we're watching. Yeah. And and the way the matches are laid out, it looks like, for the most part, two dudes really trying to fight each other mm-hmm. for, the world, for the world heavyweight title. You know, and now... There's such a, uh, that's the thing, the the thing that I take umbrage with, with uh, Cornette, whenever I listen to him analyze things is like, he talks about the ratings so much and how few people are watching wrestling and stuff now. And if you really had a show like Game of Thrones, obviously brought in millions of people every single week, but there's so, there's so much shit yeah. to watch or listen to or do now that like you're not going to get 10 million people to watch almost anything, let alone wrestling, you know, football game of Thrones. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Baseball in the pool, you know, yeah, even baseball struggles. It's it's mo- really- yeah. It's mostly just football and game of Thrones. NBA playoffs does pretty well. I think call, well, I was going to say college football, <laughs> <laughs> college football, there's fucking, uh, football. There's fucking college football, <laughs> yeah, like sports. Yeah. Sports draws people, and then every once in a while, like Something a zeitgeisty yeah. uh, television show. Like, it's not the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. There's not three channels. It's not <laughs> even direct TV, whatever. There was, you know, 50 channels, but you still watched what you watched. Like, there's so much stuff now Yeah, that it's impossible. You know, there is no, there is no singularity in the zeitgeist. There, there's tons of... Now the, the thing is to go... Uh, raise your hand if you've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Like, that's not, it's the opposite. It's, oh, I'm not involved in the thing that the zeitgeist uh, has captured, and that is how I identify, as yeah. opposed to everybody remembers seeing the Beatles, or everybody remembers, you know, the Kennedys. There was a Luthez match that had a crazy share. I can't remember what it was. It was like, Luthez was one of the most watched things in history. Yeah, well, the the main event, the Hulk Hogan Andre match from '88, is still the highest rated wrestling show ever. It aired on NBC and it had like forty, like thirty three million people watched it. I think never again. It's just impossible. Like, could there be more fans if they treated the product more seriously and and could capture lightning in a bottle? Sure, if a Steve Austin came along. Uh, or a Steve Austin style guy came along. Yeah, you'd get more people to watch, but it's never it's not even going to ever be the attitude era. Again, there's just too much stuff. At least in my mind, there's never going to be another space race kind of wrestling thing. Yeah, there's, and uh, there's just too much. And and um and you just can't like the attitude, and because of the attitude era, the wrestling's never going to be the same. Like Right. They 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 injected so much of that stuff like that excitement and and uh, craziness into a few years of wrestling that you can't really go back to the re- the 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 previous iteration without being called boring most likely. Uh, right. That's yeah, why. Can, that's why. I mean, you burn, you burn the bridge. You can't. <laughs> you know. You can't. Everybody go back to talked that. about. Um, everybody talked about Brock tearing the ring apart the other day. You know. Yeah, um, the oh yeah, where he lifted the the thing yeah. up with the with, yeah, but it's 
it's never going it can never go back it could be different you have another thing also uh they don't give enough credit mma fucked it up mma took wrestling the playbook of this which we will i promise talk about yeah like they took a blueprint of rick flair versus uh dusty Rhodes or whoever you want austin versus rock fucking flair versus hogan flair versus or hogan versus piper whoever you want they took that formula and then they said hey guess what at the end these two motherfuckers are really gonna fight yeah they're gonna fight for real yeah and you that... know the other thing they've already told you the other thing is these two guys don't fight at the end they like they, they have a they have a contest where they get along and they try to tell the best tv show story they can tell guess what this dude's gonna try to kick this other dude's head off yeah. like it it, it's not the same that it doesn't true. it doesn't true. compute because like, D- diaz versus mcgregor is dusty rose versus ray flair like diaz is yeah. like he's 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 not exactly the common man but he's he's a guy he's real he doesn't care about all the frills and stuff he just wants right. to fight and he takes the piss out of the the guy that's you know limousine riding jet flying exactly all that yeah, yeah. but at the end two dudes are covered in blood and if that's if you're if what you want to see is combat sport at the end of the day mma has it like wrestling has it in the middle like i'll watch sheamus versus Walter if there's a good wrestling story versus two no-name mma guys but even then two no-name mma guys the whatever fucking uh who's the dude that did the 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 kick off the cage anthony pettis anthony pettis guess what that's the most exciting shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, if I didn't know who Anthony Pettis was... That's the coolest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. I can watch a no-name MMA fight, and the dude might do a, a flip off a cage and kick a dude straight in the face. Yeah. Like, I, you know... Yeah, because that was in the WEC, even. And, and then that goes viral, and then now I know who Anthony Pettis is. Wrestling, it's a lot harder, because you are also coming over the barricade of people having a real problem with it being predetermined, which we've also talked about every movie you've ever watched is also as fake as pro wrestling. It's except for roar, except for roar. Watch watch roar on YouTube guys. Yeah. Tigers. It's got tigers. And and it might get loud. The guitar (laughs) documentary with Jack White. Oh, we're going into documentaries watch a fucking, uh, uh, some kind of monster. (laughs) Yeah. So wrestling is as fake as any movie you've ever seen, except for some kind of monster <laughs> where Lars is a true heel. Yeah. Uh, the, he would have sold out the Greensboro Coliseum. I, I think it just, I think it just sounds stock. It sounds fucking stock. It's, it's just stock. What, what else do I have to say? Um, so, so yeah, we started Starcade 84. Oh boy. This is before WrestleMania. They had, they had the market cornered. The million dollar uh, challenge. Yeah. So Starcade in the grand tradition of, of all wrestling things, Starcade eighty three is the first one. Flair versus Harley Race, uh, where Harley Race paid ten thousand dollars to have somebody injure Ric Flair. And I can't remember who injures Ric Flair, but somebody injures Ric Flair. It's probably, it's probably goddamn bitch ass Tolly Blanchard. It's like Dick. It was like Dick Slater or something. Dirt, I can't remember who it was. That sounds like Dirty Dick Slater. Yeah, that's uh. You know what? If I know Dick Slater, that's Dick Slater. Um, <laughs> and Flair comes back uh, triumphantly, and he says, "This is his his journey," and he's marching. It's a flare for the gold. That's Starcade '83, right? Mm-hmm. That's the tagline. 
so it's then they're like it's a good line it's true yeah and then the next year they're like shit we got to do something bigger <laughs> than that what that's about, the problem right well, the million dollar challenge dude <laughs> i like the idea of the million dollar challenge there's a couple there's, a, there's one issue with this uh feels like rick flair has to win the million dollar challenge <laughs> You can't yeah, give a million dollars to the common man. He ain't the common man anymore. Yeah, if Dusty, if they know Dusty Rhodes has a million dollars, he can't talk about uh, pork and beans anymore. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the textile workers. Motherfucker, you uh, don't remember pork and beans. Yeah, so you have beans and franks now. That's what you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I we have a promo from uh, November the fifth, nineteen eighty four, where Ric Flair. Is wearing he looks like he's auditioning to be in a Sherlock Holmes movie. He's got like the flat cap and the, the yeah, coat. It's, it's not a good look. It it, it looks like he, yeah, he's got the um the paperboy cap and yeah. a trench like not even really a trench it's like a long it's like if cargo shorts if if khaki cargo cargo shorts were a, a coat <laughs> yeah. essentially. And is and it's just too much tan and like uh, but it looks probably like it costs some money, which is kind of what he's going for. Yeah, which is interesting because Flair rarely misses. Like then this is a this is a weird outfit. For and him. he wore it multiple times because yeah. in the thing that I sent you, uh, that he uh, did you did you happen to see that? Yeah, yeah, I watched the the, the promo. Uh, well, uh, yeah, he he him and him and Dusty are going at it, and he's wearing that stupid shit again, and he yeah. uh, he goes, I got a song. Just for you, as a, you gotta listen to as I walk away, and he starts to walk away. And it's that song. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble <laughs> yeah. when you're perfect in every way. My <laughs> grandpa used to sing that song. You you wonder where my affinity for the arrogant uh, yeah. came. Uh, my my grandpa used to sing that song all the time. I get better looking each day. <laughs> so oh, oh, uh, Leroy. <laughs> Uh, so Flair is talking about Dusty coming into Mid Atlantic, asking where Ric Flair is, and he's like, yeah. "I'm right here. I'm right here, Big Dust." <laughs> and uh, he's then Dusty comes on a split screen, but you can't hear what Dusty Rhodes is saying, so he's just kind of mocking Ric Flair on the split screen, which is sort of weird. He's making the like fists and stuff. Yeah, and so Flair says <laughs> he loves three things in life: big long cars, fine looking women. Money in his pocket. And so at Starcade, it's going to be the million dollar challenge. So this is early in the feud where they still, they have a begrudging respect for each other. They are different, but they, they don't hate each other. Like it's, we're fine. I want to be the world champ. You're the world champ. Also, I think I can beat you. I'm willing to put a million bucks up on it. You know, I love how there's, there's a one-to-one, there's a one-to-one ratio between, the value of a car and the length of the car. <laughs> right. He's uh, Rick Flair is uninterested in a hatchback or a sedan. <laughs> no, it's uh, not long enough. He wants a long uh, car. He, cause he comes out on the, so that's the first promo and that's just sort of setting up where we're at. And then they do like a press conference and there's a, like there's a whole stage with like band equipment set up. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a press conference. So it's uh, imagine a UFC, uh, face to, excuse me, like a UFC face to face, where Flair comes out in a Cadillac long car, long car, uh, <laughs> in his paperboy outfit again, 
and he's uh, him and him and Dusty start going back and forth, and they're building up the million dollar challenge. And uh, Dusty's talking about how uh, he's got to beat Ric Flair because a million. And then I thought to myself, who has a million dollars, Jack? <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah. Jim Crockett Promotions. <laughs> and so, they they all they're always putting Jim Crockett Promotions over, which I, which is cool. Yeah. He wants to be the champion. Flair's the champion. And he thinks he can beat him. He's going to do it for the people. And uh, then Flair, of course, again, he's not. I mean, it is heelish to play uh, perfect in every way as you're leaving. (laughs) But he's essentially like Dusty Rose is a great athlete. Uh, He wants to be the champ. I'm the champ. Nobody's better than the fucking champ. (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to prove it at Starcade 84. And so there's a little bit of animus, but it's like uh it's like ruffling your feathers you a know? little He's bit not... of tension starting to build a little bit yeah but they're still they're not i wouldn't call i wouldn't necessarily call them adversarial like or like hostile a... at each other or anything yeah it's business-like mm-hmm. you know you're the number one contender i'm the champ we have to fight yeah and so that's uh that leads us to the starcade 84 match which took place uh thanksgiving either thanksgiving night or the week of thanksgiving uh, of 1984, November 22nd, the Greensboro Coliseum, 16,000 people uh, came to Greensboro to check out uh, Starcade 84, the Million Dollar Challenge. 16,000 people in Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> yep. And uh, that is Gordon Soley and Bob Cottle are the announcers. And the first thing that strikes me is it is dark as hell in this arena. <laughs> like the ring is the only thing illuminated. And I'm, I like it. Like I, I, yeah. I like the uh, overhead lighting on the ring. It looks like an old boxing match. Like, uh, and it's just because they didn't have better technology than that at the time. Uh, but uh, Vince got so fixated on showing the crowd all the time that like, uh, I f- I just I like the darkness. I, I I like that everything is on the ring. You know, like <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Very very metal thing for me to say. Uh, no, I was talking about the the British uh, hair metal band. Um, but, I also like the darkness. Yeah. Uh, I you know how when they do uh, the the main event for UFC fights and they turn all the house lights off and they they have the spotlights on the on the octagon, like it feels special. Like I I think yeah. uh, anyway. Um, these these two announcers are old as dirt. Uh, neither of them are alive. Can't be. Couldn't be alive. No, um, Gordon Sully, uh, before Jim Ross uh, eventually took the mantle, is considered the uh, greatest announcer of all time. And I like I like this makeup. I, I like uh, I like the, the the it feels like a, a boxing match. It feels like a legitimate uh, sporting event, right? Because uh, they're just old, subdued, kind of like Howard Cosell type guys, you know. Yeah. And um, one thing that I noticed, because I, I, when you fast forward on Peacock, there's the thankfully there's the little, um, you can see what's on the screen as it goes, yeah. you know. The and uh, so they they did Dusty backstage. And saw, did you, did I you had see this that? too? Yeah. Just, okay. Uh, in case you didn't, young Tony Schiavone, real. Young looking, real Shavani. young Tony Schiavone. Tony yeah. Schiavone, yeah. And uh, I didn't write down any. Of the, I don't think I wrote down any of the quotes, but um, well, it's just basically like I'm coming, Flair. They ain't more. Yeah. They ain't no more talking. And he's like, po- he's like pointing his finger. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he does say, 
uh, at the end of this night, a million dollars go in my pocket, the world heavyweight title in my pocket, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I really liked. And he's got he's he's got a, a jacket that says Dusty with stars on the back of it, and yeah, he's got dude. a drape over him in like chilling, a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like I'm relaxed. There's no more talking. We're just going to do it tonight, Daddy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it was great. It was so good. And he like slowly ramped up the whole time. And um and then they go to Flair backstage and Flair looks nervous uh, later on in the show. And Flair's like he's he's got his he's got his hands on his hips and he's and he's just basically saying, you know, Dusty, yeah, there is no more talking. Uh you you you're you don't know what you got into. I hope you're half the man you pretend to be and all this stuff. <laughs> and uh and then they cut to the two announcers and the announcers are talking about like you guys have to understand, it's not just a belt on the line tonight. There's there's endorsements that go along with this. There's constant travel and attention that comes with being the world champion. Like all this stuff about like, and yeah. you're putting that you're they're putting the title over like crazy, and talking about talking about it how it really changes the life of the person who wins it. Um, I thought it was a great touch. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and Girl Monsoon used to do that whenever, even like an undercard match, he would talk about like, these two guys are really going at it because the winner's purse is significantly higher than the loser's purse. Winner gets 70% of the purse, loser only gets 30%. Add so stakes like, to everything. Right, you act like it's a real fight. It's yeah. And that's only kind of kayfabe because it is actually very important to be the world champion in, yeah. even in the NWA. All it, the stuff it, they said was true. It just doubles to make it feel like a real contest. Also. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? uh, we have, so the, we get to the ring announcer. Uh, an interesting part of this match is that they have judges. Should the match go 60 minutes? Uh, there are three judges. There is Duke Kiyamoto, who is a former pro wrestler. Um, I don't really know anything about him. Hey, um, makes sense for him to be a judge, though, right? Yeah. Then yep. we've got Smokin' Joe Frazier, uh, world-famous, renowned heavyweight championship boxer, not a wrestler, but a man familiar with combat sports. He's also the referee, so he's getting a particular perspective inside the ring of how the match is going. Yep. Probably makes sense that that guy could be a judge. A little, little questionable, a little more questionable, but yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. A little weird that he's a referee, but it, it makes it makes a little less sense than the first guy. But still, yeah, it's fine. Then, yeah, race car young up and coming superstar Kyle Petty. Yeah, is the third judge for the NWA World Heavyweight Title match. That's how you know that sh this shit is not going to a decision. <laughs> What is what is Kyle Petty's insight? How what does he know about? He, he's a good old wrestling? boy, man. He's a good yeah. who better than the goddamn son of the king, Richard Petty, man? Yeah, he knows. Watch your goddamn. He knows how to turn left for three hours. It's it's that. North Carolina. Is Richard Joe Frazier is not from North Carolina, is he? No, he's from Philly. Because remember, uh, yeah, he's part yeah, of that's what Bill I thought. Burr, the Bill Burr rant. <laughs> Joe Frazier's from here, but he's black, so you guys can't. <laughs> So you have to pretend that you don't like him. Yeah. Uh, you have a pig, you, you have a statue of a fake boxer yeah. when Joe Frazier's from your town. Hey, you guys gonna go see Rocky Fourteen? I think it could win. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, yeah. So this, of course, is also an old timey wrestling thing where they get a real big former sports celebrity to be the special referee. Uh, Muhammad Ali is the special guest referee for WrestleMania One's main event. Uh, but Joe Frazier, uh, I'm going to put it out here, bad referee. <laughs> so 
uh, really, really causes some problems in this match. <laughs> real, real fast count at one point, real, real slow count at one point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then something happens at the end. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, Joe Frazier? Um, Dusty's out in a pink and white robe, just looking fresh. Yeah, son. he looks sick. He looks like you what know what bum- fresh paint. Is- what bummed me out is they did uh, they they overdubbed his whatever. What song did he walk out to at the time? Do you know? No, I tried I, to find this this entrance because it was a sick entrance, but they yeah. played like some smooth jazz fucking baby making keyboard music when he was walking up. Like, yeah, they he probably had a real song. And they yeah, that's I guarantee that's what it was. But yeah. I, I I just I'd like to know which one it was because then Flair comes out to his normal yeah. and has there sick. been a better song for a guy like in history for pomp? You know, like. It really is, because that's from, that's from 2001, A Space Odyssey. The gall to fucking crib that song. It's pretty and good. And make it your theme. Especially in 1983, when Flair's only been world champ like three times. Honestly, He's not the though, goat. <laughs> honestly, though, uh, Randy Savage coming out to Pomp and Circumstance is fucking yeah. sick, too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's not... Here's the thing. There's not a lot of spots to go through in this match because they it's old wrestling. So there's a lot of punching. There's a lot of chops. They just fucking fight each other. Yeah. And it look, I mean, I was thinking about this today, which is if I'm, we're not overly familiar in 1984 with fighting as a combat sport, right? You're not inundated with like techniques or people breaking down stuff or even just seeing a ton of it. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So I could imagine watching this in 1984 and for the most part looking at it and going, yeah, I could see these two dudes seem to be really fighting. Yeah. Like, because you don't have like, you know, you either have Bruce Lee martial arts movies or you have this or you have boxing and really like they all kind of look the same. Yeah. And they're flowing they're They flow really well together. It seems like they react to each other rather than, uh, have different segments basically yeah. like you do your shit then I do my shit it's like they kind of go where the match goes and uh Dusty's work punches are good uh Flair's work punches are good the only the, the only thing are, the yeah. chops are loud you know and the the only yeah. thing that's really like like it can get questionable is like running the ropes it's always like yeah why, why, why you come back? if i if i threw you yeah why would you come back that way uh yeah I love Flair selling in these in these matches where like Dusty gets him in a figure four and Flair's just going ah yeah ah god well, <laughs> that he, hurts so bad he's you putting know. his own he's putting his own move over when he yeah. when he sells the figure four oh man it hurts so bad it hurts even worse when I do this to people remember yeah. that next time I do it because <laughs> yeah. my technique's so much better that's not this guy's finish um, Flair does his corner bump which again like you could almost buy based on momentum. Like, cause he doesn't do, it's not quite its final phase where he flips over and then lands on the apron and then runs to the other corner. Like that's more sports entertainment. Yeah. But this, it looks like he got whipped out of control, hit the buckle, flies to the floor. Uh, Joe Frazier fucks up their inside out suplex spot because Joe Frazier's like up in their business while Dusty Rhodes is trying to suplex flair back in the ring. Uh, he is a little too close. He's been a little too close a lot of this match. Too close, yeah, man. You're he's, too close, man. Uh, Dusty almost had to choke a legend. 
Yeah. Uh, Dusty gets knocked into the ring post, and uh, it's a crimson mask just uh, over Oh, he eye. is bleeding. Like, yeah. pretty he... quickly, he's got blood everywhere. And then Flair goes into full mount and is just beating that cut. Like, it's pretty vicious, like, as far as you know, a worked, uh, a worked fight goes, he's yeah. definitely focusing on it. And then, but I feel like they were really trying to milk something and Frazier's just up in their business. And I don't know if they didn't tell him enough backstage or if that's just the way that he reacted to everything because he's like trying to pull flair off and flair's clearly working the, the cut, you know? Yeah. And, it's hard. It's hard to expect somebody like that to like really nail the show of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's Dusty tries, uh, to come back. And then suddenly Dusty's in the corner. Frazier checks the cut on his eye and is like, Nope, that's it. And just declares Ric Flair, the winner in 12 (laughs) minutes and 12 seconds. And you can tell the crowd is like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And they're like, then Dusty's trying to yell at Joe Frazier and he tries to get him and the ba- like a whole room of baby faces have to come in to, to stop Dusty from uh, jumping Joe Frazier and, and Flair just grabs the check that's just sitting at the timekeeper's desk yeah. and just bails. He kisses the check and he leaves and Dusty's in the ring and they wrap a comedically large towel around Dusty Rose. Well- it was it was funny because the 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 announcer was like Dusty's in the ring being treated now and it's just a wrestler wrapping a giant fucking white towel around his head. Yeah, and they're like, uh, Joe Frazier's checking the cut, and then the bell rings, and they're like, he may be stopping this thing, and it's like it just the rhythm of it got is a little awkward, somewhere. a little awkward. Yeah, and I was like, because Joe Frazier, this wasn't the first time that Joe Frazier like kind of stopped the action to check the cut, and. uh I was like, they're not gonna stop this via cut. I, you know, uh, a uh, one of the one of the I can't remember which match, but uh, a big match in the first IWF pay per view uh, ended because of a cut. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I should have booked for Jim Cro- Crockett Promotions. I'm telling you that right now. It is an old wrestling trope to get out of something because, like, they really, <laughs> they really did book themselves into a corner because, like, the million dollar challenge sounds great on paper, but like you said. Dusty can't win that because it in it like it changes his character completely. You don't want Dusty to lose clean to Flair, yeah. So then, what do you do? You know, and so there's like there's a famous Kerry Von Erich uh, Jerry Lawler match that got stopped via blood stoppage. Uh, there's a Ric Flair Lex Luger one that got stopped via cut, but in that one, Lex Luger was barely bleeding. And it was like, that's when the crowd kind of called bullshit on that finish. Because optimally, you really need like, I mean, I know Dusty's bleeding a lot, but you really need it to seem like he's in danger. And he was just standing there, you know. Yeah, it looked fine. Yeah, it would have been better. I mean, I know they've stopped MMA fights when the guy looks fine and he's bleeding because of the the proximity to the eye of a cut. But we're not educated to that then. Yeah, it's kind of location and like severity, like depth of the cut. If his if his if his eyebrows hanging off, then you know, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe you give Frazier a, a microphone. 
Yeah. Or something. And he's like, you know, uh, I could see the bone in his forehead or something. (laughs) Well, I I would think maybe if you did that, you have Frazier say, Dusty, for your safety, I'd like to stop this match. And Dusty says, no, I got to continue. And and Joe Frazier says, okay, I'm giving you, you know, it's a short leash, but we're going to keep going or whatever. Whatever you do. And then Flair fucking, you know. Goes after the eye. Yeah, Dusty Bus have been uh, makes a big comeback, and then Flair moves out of the way of the elbow drop or something, and he just starts working the cut. And it's yeah. like Joe Frazier's moral obligation to save Dusty Rose's eye overcomes Dusty's wishes to keep making this match, like keep this match going. Because twelve minutes into the main event of Starcade is really like hurting your crowd. I feel like. Yeah. I was yeah, I was surprised they did it like that, um, particularly because of how kind of flaccid it ended up feeling in the end. And that could have been a little bit of Joe Frazier, the timing of it all. I mean, the the I, people weren't going to be satisfied with a cut ending it anyway. I wonder if like j- people were like Jim Crockett was nervous heading into that match. Like, I I hope this I, I we just we just got to get through this. Like we got to get through this so we can do the next one. And like yeah. so. The next one we watched was Starcade 85. The Gathering, baby. So that is, and not of the Juggalos, unfortunately. Not of the Juggalos. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes at the Gathering of the Juggalos is something I'd watch. <laughs> uh, the, 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 Dusty Rhodes will fit right in with the Juggalos, I think. Oh, I think yeah. I, he's, he, he fits in with everybody. But, he loves um, the Juggalo, I'm sure. The, uh, so, do you mean to tell me that Dusty Rhodes lost because of a cut in 84 yep. and didn't wrestle for the title again until 80 until November 85. It's possible that they had other matches, but this is like the one, this is the, this is coming off of the back of now that now it's personal. Now the shit has got real Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, this of course is the main event of Starcade 85 that takes place after events on September 29th at the Omni, Ric Flair defeated Nikita Koloff in a steel cage match. Nikita and Ivan Koloff then attack Ric Flair until Dusty Rose comes in and makes the save. Because again, they still respect each other. There's even a little promo I sent you where they were doing something called the unity tour. Yeah. I couldn't find any further information on it. So I didn't really want to bring it up, but it's like, (laughs) I don't know what it is. It's like Tully Blanchard and Wahoo McDaniel were on some wild shit. And even the wrestlers were like, okay, we got a backseat our, our issues. (laughs) Um, But they're respectful to each other. And they're like, Hey, someday I'll see you down the road and we'll, and we'll fight for the world title again. Mm -hmm. Um, Dusty comes out to save flair. The Andersons, who Dusty has had a long-standing feud with Ole Anderson, uh, because according to Dusty, it'll never be over, Ole. As long as we have, as long as we both have blood inside of us. Dusty don't squash the beef. No, they start. They jump on Rhodes, and then Flair jumps on Dusty to yeah. help the to help the Andersons because they're his kayfabe cousins. So in the cage, can we be Omni, kayfabe cousins? Yeah, we'll be kayfabe right. cousins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's canon. Flair, uh, Flair drops a diving knee off the top rope onto Dusty Rhodes' left ankle, breaking it, and then puts Dusty in the figure floor. And I couldn't really find any clips of this on YouTube, but I've seen it before, and the crowd is fucking riotous <laughs> that this that this happened. Like they're so pissed, and so that 
is what leads to the hard time promo. So we're in that era now. Okay. Dusty, Dusty comes back. That's on September 29th. And then Starcade is in November, but Dusty comes back for the hard times promo. And that's where he talks about, you know, there's no honor. There's no honor among thieves. Ric Flair. I've said all I could say about it. You know, you tried to, you tried to put Dusty Rhodes out of the business because that is some dirty shit. Like <laughs> there's a difference between you and I competing for the world title. And you tried to break my goddamn leg. Especially after Dusty went out and tried to help him uh, against the Kolovs. Yeah, it's really just... That's some, some dirty shit. Yeah, that's some top level. <laughs> Ric Flair's the ultimate hustler, you know? Um, I watched the Hard Times promo again, of course, uh, because it's one of the greatest promos of all time, but they leave out some of it. Uh, they only really talk about the textile workers part, the... Uh, you gave him. You give a man a gold watch, kick him in the butt, and say a computer took your do- your job, Daddy. Who's 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 they? Who le- who leaves it out? Or I'm sorry, the general populace. I feel like when we talk about the hard oh yeah promo, okay okay yeah they don't talk about the second half where Dusty Rhodes says uh, he and John Wayne are the only two bad people that ever lived, and yeah. now John Wayne's dead. So Dusty Rhodes is the only one left. There are two bad people. One was John Wayne, and he's dead, brother. <laughs> the <Yeah>. other's right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then he says, the next world champ of this hard time blues is Dusty Rose. Join me on my tour in 1985. I love Dusty, but that's that's sort of where the Dusty Rose promos always go, where it's like he'll say some weird like word soup shit, but you don't remember that part because you remember the a computer took your job, daddy. He's, he's uh, Nate Diaz, bro. He's, yeah. he's more coherent than Nate Diaz, but Nate Diaz, like... He he he'll be like he'll be like uh, uh, man because Nate Diaz his fight got canceled yesterday he has to fight somebody yeah. else he's like man I was preparing I was preparing for combat the whole time anyway fuck that I don't prepare for for nobody I I, I just <laughs> fight to fight anybody like yeah. it's always like he immediately contradicts himself or yeah. uh, he was like he was saying all this shit in this interview with Brett Okamoto and he just like rambled and rambled and rambled and at the end he finally said something that he was like. He was like, man, I was fighting one time and people were booing. Like, we, we, I was, I, I came in and I was like, man, I'm gonna get my jab and I'm gonna take this guy down. I had a game plan and I went out there and I was doing the game plan. And people started booing, so I said, fuck that. And I was like, wah, 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 wah. and he goes, he goes, I just, I, I refuse to be lame. <laughs> this is the, cool, the coolest shit I've ever heard. So it's, it's the same thing, bro. Playing touch bud in the park like a couple of dorks, <laughs> exactly, you know? bro. That's, uh, uh, Nick Diaz, I feel like they pay me too much, but not enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, he, he'll he lose the plot, but all you remember are the highlights. So, oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, and then Dusty Rose says he's going to win the world title for that man who died 10, 12 years ago who never got to see a world heavyweight champion. I don't know who that person is. Uh, possibly uh, so- Dusty's dad is who I assume it he means but it could be somebody else yeah okay so uh it was jim crockett i believe ah okay Uh, well i don't know hold on how long did he say he died 12 years ago 10 he said something about 10 12 years ago yeah that's jim crockett because uh the only way the only reason i know this is because i'm looking at on wikipedia they 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 um transcribe the whole uh promo promo, and That man upstairs that died 10, 12 years ago is blue. So I clicked in. It's Jim Crockett. 
Ah, okay. I thought it would say in brackets, Jim Crockett. Yeah, Jim Crockett uh, died uh, April 1st, 1973. April Fool's Day, goddamn. Mm. Him, him, and, uh, him and Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> yeah, that stinks. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to quickly say after the million dollar challenge match, they went backstage and Ric Flair, uh, his hair looks like the shaggy dog, like his perm is all yeah. <laughs> flattened out. And he's like, look, I don't know if Joe Frazier should have stopped this match or not. That's not really my decision. Uh, all I know is I got a million fucking bucks <laughs> and I'm the world champ. So that's it. Suck my Ric Flair nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Dusty is upset backstage. He's got the towel over his head. Uh, and he's like, we're talking about a million dollars, Jack. <laughs> uh, I ain't never seen a, a match stop for no cut. You better look all around the country. You better be in fighting shape. The fighting shape of your life because I'm going to get you, Joe Frazier. <laughs> uh, and then he tells Ric Flair, if you think that was a victory, you better go home and kiss your mama. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, and then he pushes oh, Tony Schiavone at the end. I feel like I got to go home and kiss my mama after that. Yeah. Um, so... Back to the gathering. The gathering, it's called that because it took place from two different places. Because, again, you got to up the stakes. Yeah. <laughs> you got player for the gold, million-dollar challenge, the gathering. Do you know who's running Jim Crockett Promotions at this point? Because this is pretty much Jim Crockett Promotions, right? Yeah, it's Dusty. Dusty's the booker. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, that's, that's sick. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so they, they took place from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, and from the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. So, like, through closed circuit, when the stuff was happening at the Omni, you could watch it on the screen in Greensboro and vice versa. So uh, so did they did they go back and forth in between matches? Like, was it like one it was match like at the Omni? Or, and then, I think it was like two or three in one and then two or three in the other. That's crazy. It's a, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. But uh, WrestleMania 2 made it worse because, again... Uh, they gotta, they gotta pump it up, uh, <laughs> and they they didn't steal this idea, but they essentially tried to do the same thing. But they took, they did WrestleMania two from three different cities, dog. Fuck, <laughs> so, bro. Yeah, so New York, Chicago, L.A. Uh, is Dude, for WrestleMania two. Next ID, IWF, uh, <laughs> every every match is gonna be in a different arena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a good idea for the Loverboy title then. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, International Waters. <laughs> I swear. It's got to take place on a boat. That's going to be the name of the pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> IWF, International Waters. Cause, because because uh, Commissioner Idell had his license taken away. <laughs> <laughs> his license is revoked. Yeah. Only, only the sea will have him now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So he's dressed uh, like a pirate. <laughs> so uh, the announcer for this main event is really putting some stank on it. He's like, Starcade 85, The Gathering. Welcome to Starcade 85. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, dude. I got and, it. And it's funny because he doesn't talk much during this match, like at all. Yeah. Uh, so again, they kind of, it's not the greatest hits, but they, they, have, a, they have a formula here. Uh, and Dusty, so it's Dusty dominating early with elbows to Flair and uh, the the punches, and then just being quicker than Ric Flair thought. That's really Dusty Rose' uh, main offensive thing. Is the, like he looks slow, but he's quick. You know, he's yeah, and he, the way. he's really hard to keep down. That that 
this is my favorite this was my favorite match of the three um he uh there's a part where because this is dusty is selling the the leg that 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 flair broke um and uh there's a part because dusty as you said is getting getting the best of it for the most part and they separate momentarily like there's like a scramble and flair just fucking calf kicks him like in mma like right under the right under the knee yeah. And you you uh, you hear Dusty go ah and he, <laughs> and he like as he's falling he like jumps he's like he reaches for the referee in like desperation he just wants somebody to help him because he's in so much pain yeah. and then he he gets out of the ring and then he jumps the barricade <laughs> he like jumps both barricades so he can he can attend to himself a little bit but that like that. The way that he like winced in pain and reached for the ref on the way down seemed like somebody who had genuinely been hurt or shot. Like he looked yeah. like he had been shot. Uh, is is great selling work by. Well, and the crowd ooze because everybody knows what happened. Yeah. So they all they all know that that's and they know Flair's moves the figure four. Like it's very simple, but it's very good oh, it's storytelling. Good. Yeah. Like uh, then Dusty comes back in uh, and eventually hits a cross body, but only gets a two count, which is odd because cross body big time win the NWA title finishing move. Well, he so, got the two, he got the two count because there was a ref bump. So, yeah. so dusty was had flair in the corner and he's punching him and he rears back to hit him one more time. And he hits the referee whose name is, I wrote his name down, Tommy young. Yeah. Um, Cause they fucked Tommy young up this whole match. He just, <laughs> Tommy yeah. Young's the clumsiest motherfucker in the world. He just, no matter where he's standing, he's getting hit by something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he gets hit like kind of, and then he's like in the corner, like just holding his face. <laughs> Refer- I love how fragile wrestling referees are. But uh, he, uh, so yeah, he's like two seconds late on getting the getting the countdown. So like uh, Dusty really has him down for like four or five seconds. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Young regarded as maybe the best referee of all time. Really? Yeah, hell yeah, uh, that's awesome. They so, fuck him up. He he yeah. just keeps getting hit in this match. There's uh, once where uh, you're probably gonna bring it up, but uh, uh, Dusty's pinning Flair and Young slides in to do the to do the the three count, and Dusty Flair throws Dusty off of him like it's pretty impressive. Like chest presses him and back over his head, and he lands on Tommy Young who was doing <laughs> the count. Yeah. Uh, so Flair. Uh, also important to note, gets busted open in this match. He does because it's a main event angle, baby. You gotta yep. have gotta have that juice. Uh, and he starts finally working Dusty's ankle, and he's like, "You." He's doing that thing where he sets it on the rope, and he jumps up and lands on his leg. Uh, finally gets Flair. Finally gets Dusty in the figure four, and Dusty turns it over with the one finger in the air because uh, <laughs> the man knows drama. We're hey, ma- we're making movies, baby. It's like TNT. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> Dusty hits a flying clothesline and goes for the pin on Flair, and that's when the ref bump happens where Tommy Young's counting and Flair presses Dusty onto Tommy Young, knocking him out. Uh, it fucks <laughs> so, him up, bro. Yeah, and then Arn and Ole Anderson hit the ring uh, because this is before the official uh, formation of the Four Horsemen, but the Andersons and Flair are now known associates. Oh, okay. So Blanchard's not in yet, but uh, Arn and Ole come out. Dusty dispenses of them. A new ref comes in, and while Flair's trying to lift Dusty up, Dusty gets a roll-up, pins Flair, wins the world title. Yeah, so uh, actually, so Arn comes in, 
Dusty knocks his ass out because get the fuck out of here, Arn Anderson. Uh, kicks yeah. him out of the place because Arn didn't have his gun. And then, uh, <laughs> and and while he's fucking Arn up, Oli knocks Rhodes out from behind. Yeah. Remember? And then and then Flair Flair covers uh, with the new ref. New ref comes in. Oh, that's in, right. Gets a two count. Gets a two count, and then they get up. Dusty uh, rolls him up and wins the title. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really re- cool finish. Yeah, really good two count on the flare. Yeah, pin with the second referee, like the yeah, crowd yeah. was like, "We're getting fucked, aren't we?" Yeah, I <laughs> and, know. Uh, I would. Andrew was like, "We're getting fucked, aren't we?" Yeah. Uh, so Dusty Rhodes gets the pin. Twenty-two minutes six seconds. Wins the world title. I didn't know who won any of these matches beforehand. By the way, I uh, okay when they talked about. Rhodes versus Flair. I like uh, on the documentaries. I watched the interviews and I didn't watch like any of the match footage because I knew we were going to do this. I did. I oh, wanted yeah. to be surprised who won these matches. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, all the baby faces hit the ring and they're like they lift Dusty up and he's super stoked. He's got the belt. The crowd pops huge. Um, and the, we go backstage with Dusty and he's like. I did it for the textile workers, for the auto workers, uh, and I'm going to be the world heavyweight champ for a long time. Uh, man, was that Dusty wrong? Yeah, he was. Yeah. They, do you know what happened? No, I just know he wasn't the champ for a long time. They reversed the decision, so it's a Dusty finish. Uh, they, go back, they come on TV, and Tommy Young says that the match should have ended in disqualification, and he announces it on TV, so they take the belt back, and Flair gets the belt back. Uh-oh. So the people in the Omni, or I think in Greensboro, whichever one had the main event, they get their pop that night. They got to see Dusty Rhodes win the world title, and then they fucking take it back on TV. That is fucked up. Because... <laughs> classic, classic Dusty finish. That's the way he does it. <laughs> that sucks. Because uh, so... the only one that's worse is the Road Warriors, I think at the next year's Starcade, beat... Uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard for the world tag team titles in Chicago and the crowd fucking explodes for the road warriors. Cause that's where they're from in storyline. And then the ref immediately uh, reverses the decision because one of the road warriors threw Arn Anderson over the top rope. And that was a disqualification <laughs> in the NWA. So they, as opposed to giving them their moment in the sun, they immediately take it back I hate in the, the, top in the arena. Rule. Yeah. I hate the top rope rule. It's good as a like as a heel cheating device behind the referee's back. <laughs> you but chuck it's... the guy over the top rope. Oh, that that does make sense. The yeah. ref's not looking. You just chuck the guy over yeah. the top rope. Okay, uh, I'm back to liking that rule. I think I saw a dusty finish live. Uh, Did you? Yeah, the one WCW house show I ever went to because they never really came around here. Uh, oh, was... they did a title switch or something. Yep, it was the Le- it was Lex Luger and the Giant. Versus the Outsiders. Oh, and, shit. Yeah, because it was 97. So, like, I got to see DDP and Randy Savage, Ric Flair versus Six, that's, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. It was fucking, awesome. it was a really good show. That's awesome. Um, But they, so, uh, I believe Lex Luger racks Kevin Nash and the Giant throws Hall over the top rope at the same time. And the crowd pops whenever the bell rings because they think that the, the, they won the titles and then they're like, no, turns out they won by DQ on the house show. So it's not even for TV. They fucked me on the house show finish. 
That's fucking uh, funny. Which is, which is terrible. Um, yeah, I don't... I mean, I understand the Dusty Finish as a device, but it sucks either way. It sucks when you do it in the moment, and it sucks when you do it the way they did it here, where they just give Flair the belt back after he lost. <laughs> so... Yeah, it sucks. Um, So now we're going to match number three. So mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes uh, invented the Great American Bash, and in a steel cage match on one of the Bash shows, Dusty defeated Ric Flair uh, on July 26th, 1986. So Flair had been the champion almost for over two years, and whenever Dusty finally beat him, if we discount when... Dusty beat him in Starcade. Yeah. If, but so he ends the that title reign. But they used to have that match on the WWE network, but I couldn't find it anywhere. It's not on YouTube. It's not on the network anymore. So we couldn't watch that one. Uh Flair wins the belt back on August the 9th, 1986. So what is that? Like a week and a half later? Dusty so, just won just Dusty just didn't want to be the champ for very long. Well, it's the NWA. The NWA is built on heels. Eventually, you got to give the belt to the guy in the big blow-off, but they want the heel to be the champion because you can build baby faces for him to fight. Yeah, yeah, okay. You that know? makes sense. Uh, opposite of WWF, as we talked about in the 80s, they were babyface champion Hulk Hogan, build a monster factory, feed the monster factory to Hulk Hogan, have, mm-hmm. him, have him beat him. So, okay. I like the NWA model. Uh, clearly, the WWF model uh, is the one that worked. So, <laughs> yeah, I like the NWA model too, just because I like heels. <laughs> well, the problem is big heel guy. Yeah, the problem is it ends up fucking your baby faces an awful lot because uh, <laughs> they either lose a bunch of matches through some bullshit, <laughs> yeah. and then by the time they win the belt, nobody cares. So then you're like, oh, baby faces can't draw. <laughs> that is the problem because you don't want it to be like a lot of people think that heels should only win if they cheat. So, like, you can't just have your champion cheat to win every time, every time, you know, uh, but. So it's a lot of disqualifications, a lot of countouts. That's why of, uh, you go to the mythical Andrew Idell-inspired competent heel. Yeah. <laughs> the heel that can actually beat everybody's ass. Uh, yeah. But, you know, nobody uh, listens to me. Uh, so then, but then they go into the, well, now this babyface champion can't draw, but it's because you didn't put the belt on him when he was as hot as he could be people yeah. lost interest then they're like well it goes back to flair because clearly flair can build the interest so you know it's a, it was a whole mess mm-hmm. but uh we did have one more match just because uh i thought this was interesting as well this is from i imagine one of the bash uh shows because it's outside in like the infield of a, a, a baseball park yeah but we're looking at July, or I'm sorry, August 23rd, 1986. This match was on YouTube, uh, and it's Ric Flair versus Dusty for the title on NWA Power, is uh, the program that it aired on. Uh, Dusty comes out, he's got a sweet zip-up jacket on, which I liked quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the thing about Dusty. He, he uh, when he went, when he went, uh, I, a lot of like it's weird about him because he would sometimes wear the like Walmart flannels with big belt loops and shit. I mean, a big belt yeah. buckle, and sometimes he's in a badass leather jacket, <laughs> and sometimes he's in a fucking Versace robe. You know, like, yeah. it's hard and to pin the man down. In, sometimes he's in that red jacket that he wore all of WCW 1997. And then you're like polka uh, dots. <laughs> yeah. Um. So baby doll 
is in Dusty's corner, and she used to be the valet for Telly Blanchard. And then uh, she switched during the Blanchard-Dusty Rhodes feud and became uh, a babyface with Dusty Rhodes. Is that Baby Doll Smith? Is that uh, her name? No, I forget what her Isn't there a Baby Doll Smith for some reason? I thought there was a Baby Doll Smith. Anyway. Uh, I'm probably the crowd, wrong. again, rabid for this. Like, Yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> every, everything that Dusty Rhodes does elicits a monster reaction, regardless of what it is. Hip toss reversal, the crowd is insane. Because they, I think part of it was, they did the big title switch during Great American Bash on one of the shows. She is the, the daughter-in-law of Grizzly Smith. That's why I thought that, she was Baby okay. Doll Smith. Uh, yeah, she, yeah. Her, she's, she's Nicola Roberts. Yeah, she was married to Sam Houston, Jake the Snake's half-brother. Goddamn. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, um, sorry. So I think part of it was you have Dusty win the belt and then lose the belt, and then now you're like, oh, shit, at my Great American Bass show, there might be another title change. Who yeah. Knows? You know, there's been a couple of them, so it helps juice up the attendance. Well, cause, that, yeah, because if you got it, it's it's kind of a curveball because they, they have these long-running champions, and Flair was the champion forever, so you're like – now let's do a period where anybody like where it's it's yeah. not a given that somebody's going to win. Well, and sort of the problem they were eventually cursed with is all the title switches happen on pay per view, and so if you see a champion on like a regular show uh, or at a house show, you don't uh, yeah. think a title's going to switch. Mm-hmm. You know, like every house show we've ever been to, I've never been like, oh man, the tag champions might be in trouble here. <laughs> There's not a camera. So no, unless something yeah. weird happened and they got to get the belt off of this dude, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I liked this match, uh, the one spot in this match where they kind of play chicken with the elbow. Like yeah. Dusty walks away from Flair and then Flair's trying to sneak up on him and Dusty just turns around with the elbow cocked. <laughs> like it's the and most Flair's devastating. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It's the most devastating move in history. Did you? Um, I don't know what Flair, what what uh, Dusty did, but so Flair keeps doing the heel thing where he like he like threatens to leave. He just gets yeah. out of the ring, starts walking away, and he gets back in at one point. And when he gets back in, he just starts doing the Flair cower in the corner. No, no, he's yeah. he's doing that. <laughs> and they've got the camera on his face, and he's like, no, no, no. And then something happens because he turns and he's like, come here, come over here. <laughs> Like yeah, Dusty did something to piss him yeah. off, and I don't know what it was. Uh, but that's right before D- Dusty starts getting him with the cocked elbow. There's also yeah. a point where Flair, like I think there was a two count or something, but Flair pushes the referee, and the referee pushes Flair back, and Flair just goes straight to his back. He like the referee <laughs> just floors yeah. it. That's uh, see, that's that's a little bit of sports entertainment, but I like it. Just it's like so the Flair, good, like the Flair flop. The uh, oh yeah, you know, um, this also reminds me nostalgically of any time in history. Ten punches in the corner that moves over. (laughs) Everybody loves it. Everybody's gonna, you know, everybody's gonna count. Yeah, that was the thing I was most excited to do at my first live wrestling show. Really? I was like, man, I hope they do the thing where I get to count along to the punches. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Flair has Dusty in the figure four as they go to commercial break. What's gonna happen? (laughs) <laughs> Anything could happen. This 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 might end during the commercial. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh, Dusty was able to recover. We come back. Uh, Flair's bleeding again, and on his way to the ring, he already had a bandaid on his head. So <laughs> like, you know what's going to happen here? Uh, the ref gets bumped. 
of course, and then Dusty... Oh, no, the ref doesn't get bumped. What happens is Dusty gets a visual three count on Flair, but they're close to the ropes, and Baby Doll puts Flair's foot on the rope out of nowhere. Yeah. To save the title. And the, and the announcers are like, what the shit? Yeah. What you doing? And Dusty doesn't know, and he's like, what? And the crowd is hardcore selling baby doll out yeah <laughs> They're like it was fucking her yeah it was that fucking <laughs> yeah. uh and that gives flair the opportunity to to start work on dusty's leg puts him in the figure four then the referee gets booked mm-hmm. because i knew it was coming i just had my notes out of order yeah uh, and then baby doll gets a chair a goddamn chair and tries to attack dusty Rhodes with the chair uh, and being a gentleman, Dusty doesn't blast Baby Doll with the chair. In hindsight, uh, probably should have. Yeah, but he uses it on Flair. Referee wakes up. Wouldn't you know? Got herself a disqualification. Yeah. Uh, so, I was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and then Telly Blanchard runs out uh, and attacks Dusty's knee with the chair a bunch until Magnum TA and a couple of other baby faces make the save. Flair. Blanchard and Baby Doll mug on the floor and leave. And that's our YouTube match, about 19 minutes for this match, which, again, uh, we had three Dusty Rhodes Ric Flair matches. <laughs> Only one of them ends conclusively, and then that ending got reversed. So Yeah, that's that's what pisses me off, hearing that that ending got reversed, because I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> that's the NWA for you, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like... As a feud, tons of heat, great matches. The crowd was into everything. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. It, I don't know. I wasn't bored. I guess watching it, but I've I've watched the style for a long time. But like, it's not anything. There's no spots. There's no power drivers. It's just two dudes trying to beat the shit out of each the other. The biggest spot is there's like one suplex per match. Yeah, or the body slam off the top rope. That's Flair takes that. Every oh time. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it because it, the heat was built through story and through spectacle of the fact that that these two uh, monsters of wrestling are finally facing off with all with everything on the line. You know. Well, and like you said, it's not the way it is now, where it's like Dust. I know Dusty's the Booker, and I'm hoping Dusty wins. Or I'm thinking Dusty's going to win because he's going to book himself to win the title. I, I really want Rick. I really want him to beat Ric Flair. Yeah. Like, truly, I want him to win the world title because I care about Dusty Rhodes. And you are right. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. So, like, as much as I like to lambast modern day wrestling, you can't redo the NWA today. Right. It's it would be silly to pretend at this point. Like again, I don't need the. Guardians of the Galaxy to tell me that they're fighting on a green screen. Yeah. There are things you can do, but you're not going to take away the knowledge that people already have. Yeah, there's still movies that make people cry. Yeah. So, you know, there's still good storytelling devices. There's a half, um, there's a there's a midpoint, I feel. Yeah. Um I thought this was interesting. According to Wikipedia, uh Baby Doll turned on Rhodes August 23rd, 1986, helping Ric Flair keep his title. Uh and then briefly managed Ric Flair before the Jim Crockett promotions booking office sent her to NWA central States due to their disapproval of her marriage to Sam Houston. So I don't know. I don't know why they uh, disapproved. Goddamn. I couldn't, couldn't find anything about that on her Wikipedia. Where was Grizzly Smith at the time? I don't know. 
I know he was wonder backstage if, agent for NWA. Yeah, so I wonder if, because Grizzly Smith was a very influential guy in wrestling. I wonder if right. R- Grizzly didn't like Baby Doll. I, I have no that's idea possible. though. Like I'm sure somebody even listening knows the answer to that question, but I wonder if that's yeah. the case. Uh, I also, as our last note here, thought this was interesting. Dusty Rhodes won the World Heavyweight Title three times: twice from Harley Race, once from Ric Flair. Uh, do you want to guess how many days combined? Dusty Rhodes was world heavyweight champion. Oh, man. You All three what? reigns. I'm going to guess what it should be. 900. Yeah. <laughs> if only, my man, from your yeah. lips to God's ears, but yeah. 109, 107 days. The That's wild. They just story. didn't like like leaving it on him. And it's, it, it, do you think it's exclusively the uh, babyface thing? Well, I will tell you that Ric Flair had 10 reigns as the NWA world heavyweight champion. <laughs> Uh, do you want to guess how many days he was champion? He had ten different reigns. Yeah. Um, it's four digits. Just so you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely gonna go four digits. Um, five thousand. <laughs> You're like that's not a terrible guess. Yeah, three thousand one hundred and sixteen days. Yeah, so he's a, 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 like. I, I, I should have said closer to 3,000 because, like, that's a year. Yeah. You know, 365 days a year. So, like, 3,600 would be a year uh, rain each time. Yeah. He's – that's eight and a half years that <laughs> he was world heavyweight champion. Uh, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. And, like, most of that is during the 80s. He was the world champion for the majority of the 80s. I wonder who – had the longest reign as like uh babyface in NWA. Like the the most amount of days being champion. Oh, I could actually look that up for you really quick. Uh if you wanna stretch the uh <laughs> our discussion. Yeah, I I'll I'll you know Or yeah, tell me okay, so this was the feud that you wanted to see. Yeah. Um what did you end up thinking about it? I thought it was great. I, I I like definitive endings, but I know I understand how that was kind of hard with how things worked back then and how things still work. You know, it's hard to put people over all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was awesome. I love, I, but and I I also have to remember like when when comparing it to nowadays, it's not fair in the sense that I these are the two of the greatest wrestlers of all time, maybe two of the pretty consensus top. 10 but probably top five wrestlers of all time because flair's in everybody's top five yeah uh flair's probably in everybody's top three uh unless they're super young right um where would dusty go and would you say dusty's in everybody's top 10 or top five or i i think so i mean it also probably because of yeah because of all the other things too because of his booking and the things he invented yeah as well as being the top star like babyface star unquestionably you know, through Florida and like the NWA in the eighties, I think dusty gets top 10. Yeah. You know? Um, so like, it, I have to remember that it's two of the greatest performers ever. Um, so of course it's going to be good. Right. Right. But cause like there, there's very few people who've been watching wrestling all the time who are going to put Roman reigns in their top five or top 10. Sure. Um, and I'm not shitting on Roman reigns. I'm just saying that's, uh, uh that's, that's the reality of the situation. So like, well, when I compare, it's not it, that's not exactly fair, right? But it, I just really enjoyed the the way in which they promoted these things. I like the press conferences. It's it's kind of the reason that I book uh, the 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 best wrestler in the world title the way I do. Like 
neither guy wrestles for months like a couple months three months like it's not realistic yeah. because you want to make money on your weekly shows and all that stuff you know but and you don't want to have pay-per-views without your champion and stuff but um if you don't have you make it scarce and you do press conferences and you build the whole thing up and you can continue to like the promos and and uh build heat build heat so people are you don't let them touch each other and then people are ready to see these guys get their hands on each other and put it all on the line like i just love i, I love how they set all this up like i i'm a huge fan of the nwa huge fan yeah yeah that's uh the, yeah, I agree. I think you can look at this and you can definitely tell like they knew they had a special thing going and that they needed to promote it as such. And they had all their little tricks and they were just like, hey, we have two of the best talkers who are also the best workers. What if we just pointed them at each other? Like Flair does, Flair is clearly Ric Flair and we know who he is. He's defined. Dusty Rhodes is clearly defined. Their characters are antithetical to one another. We just haven't cut promos. Yeah. And we want to see Dusty Rhodes win. We want to see Ric Flair lose. And then that bastard gets away by the skin of his teeth every single time until Dusty finally beats him, you know? And then the, a lot of the NWA story was always like that the baby face is so worn out from the chase that then the heel gets his rematch and the heel can like take advantage of that okay yeah win the title back so uh luthez is the top ranked number of reigns or the top ranked champion three title reigns for 300 or for 3749 days he only Um, had three title reigns and he had longer reigns than uh flair yeah uh the problem is i don't know what the alignment is for some of these dudes yeah that's the tough thing the top three are luthez rick flair harley race harley race had eight reigns with a combined 1801 uh days as champion um jack briscoe i guess who would be a baby face he had two reigns and was champ for 866 days so that's pretty good yeah Um, but like sting only held the NWA world title twice for a combined total of 216 days. So, you know, a mm-hmm. few months every single time he was, or the two times he was champion. Ricky Steamboat held the belt once for 76 days, you know, uh, and Kerry Von Eric only held his for 18 days. So, you know, there's Tommy Rich was world champion for four days one time uh they built up one of the starcades rick flair versus ronnie garvin ronnie garvin beat rick flair for the belt held the belt for 62 days and hell then yeah lost it, back, lost it back to flair at starcade so they essentially gave him the belt so that flair would have somebody to beat at starcade to win the belt back flair always knew he was gonna get it back yeah and so we're we're gonna take your belt. We're we're gonna give it back. We're yeah. gonna give it back. They they knew you know they needed a match. So, uh, all right. Our number one movie this week, Andrew, I believe, is a movie we've talked about on this podcast before. Uh, so we'll be brief. You have not seen it. It is Aliens. No, I've never seen that. Yeah. I I know that saying should I know, watch I've heard a movie good. is not a good. thing, but uh, it's very good. Should you, should you get the chance? 
uh, spent four weeks at number one. Famous story that I love. Uh, they made Alien. They didn't know what to do with the sequel. They called James Cameron uh, of Titanic and Terminator fame. Uh, Terminator fame at this point, And was like, hey, could you do something with the movie, with like the franchise Alien? We can't figure out what to do. And he just wrote the word Alien and then wrote a dollar sign as the S. And was like, clearly the answer is more fucking Aliens. And so they made aliens, and it made a yeah. bunch of money. <laughs> you you so, dumb bitch. Yeah. If one alien rules, a bunch of aliens rules more. Yeah. And so uh, it cost $18.5 million to make, made a hundred somewhere between $131 and $183 million. Because uh, apparently overseas uh, box office was hard to pin down. <laughs> a little shaky. <laughs> yeah. Um, it... So here's a record that I didn't know existed. It broke the record of Halloween 2 for the highest weekend debut of a film featuring a female protagonist. Uh, $10 million. Is, is Aliens Sigourney? Sigourney Weaver. That's, what a name. Yep. I mean, how could she not be a star? <laughs> she better be a star. Yeah. Um, With a name like Sigourney, you better be tough. Actually... Actually, we'll come back to 1986 at some point, I'm sure. So I'll leave the top 10 movies. Um, however, you have to know that this is the year Crocodile Dundee came out and fucking crushed <laughs> the universe. <laughs> Guys from Australia, funny accents. <laughs> Simpler times. That's all a movie needed. It, it was number one for eight weeks, Andrew. <laughs> eight goddamn weeks. Oh, man. Until it was finally defeated by Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. (laughs) Nerds! Well, check this out. The plot, Star Trek IV. Mm -hmm. 2286, a humongous... What is this? Cylindrical? Yes. I didn't prep before I read it out loud. Probe moves through space, sending out an indecipherable signal and disabling the power of every ship it passes. As it takes up orbit around Earth, its signal disables the global power grid and generates planetary storms, creating catastrophic sun-blocking cloud cover. Starfleet Command sends out a planetary distress call and warns all spacefaring vessels not to approach Earth. The Starship Enterprise, with Spock's help, finds out that the probe signal matches a song of the extinct humpback whale. <laughs> so they travel back in time via a slingshot maneuver around the sun. Fuck yeah, dude. To return a whale to answer the alien call. But arriving in 1986, the crew finds their ship power drained by the time travel maneuver. And they have to live in 1986 for a while. And that is the... Uh, the crux of the issue. I kind of want to watch this movie. It's supposed to be pretty good. I mean, aside from the whales, you know, <laughs> like they got to save the whales, you know. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I remember is Spock encountering like 1986 punk rock guys on a bus, and that with a ghetto <laughs> blaster, and that being pretty fun. I, uh, so. I'm a little bitter at Star at Star Trek right now because I got the Voyager spacecraft on my shoulder, the NASA Voyager spacecraft. <laughs> And when uh, I say I got the Voyager spacecraft, people are like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's uh, uh, Star Trek, right? Yeah. You <laughs> love Star Trek. You motherfuckers. <laughs> I ain't no nerd. Uh-huh. 
Um, I ain't no nerd. I've got a fucking spaceship on my shoulder. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> and a different kind of nerd. And a healthy Dungeons and Dragons clan. I do. Uh, going. I, do. I am. I'm a, I'm a, I miss you guys. All right. Our number one album this week is the soundtrack to a movie whose sequel you profess to want to see. However, you have yet to see. Which one? It's the Top Gun, dude. Oh, goddamn. Goddamn cut Top Gun. Okay. Kenny Loggins. Yeah, uh I I almost watched it. I almost watched it uh, almost, last night. Uh, almost did it. <laughs> but we then on, we were on a cat fighting mission, which was oh, successful. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Almost like the humpback whale mission of Star Trek 4: The Voyage Home. Yeah. Um Kenny Loggins, man. He really he really did it on this one. Danger Zone. Took us right in, bro. Take my breath away. Playing with the boys. Top Gun theme or Top Gun anthem was a single released. And that's just <laughs> like a that's just instrumental music. Top Gun, Top Gun, <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> we fucking love Top Gun. <laughs> um All right, if you'd bought this album back in 1986, uh you would have gotten 10 songs. Is that true? Yeah, 10 songs. But you could have also bought the Deluxe Edition, which has sitting on the dock of the bay, <laughs> Great Balls of Fire original version, You've Lost That Love and Feeling, and a Playing with the Boys dance remix. I probably would have held out for that one. Uh, and <laughs> playing then in 2006... With, with the Boys dance remix. <laughs> in 2006, there's a special expanded edition, which uh, has music... From and inspired by Top Gun. Uh, I can't fight. Inspired by <laughs> can't fight this feeling. Broken wings. The final countdown. Nothing's gonna stop us now. And the power of love is what you get on the expanded 2006 edition. Listen, just... I'm I'm inspired by that edition. Yeah. Um. The I don't know if the original or combined. Whatever it takes. Nine million copies. Top Gun soundtrack sold. That's. I mean, uh, we've talked about it before. Like soundtracks were huge back then. Yeah, it's a big. It was a big deal. Yeah. Oh, uh, we are looking at the week of July twenty sixth, nineteen eighty six, because that's when Dusty Rose won the world title from Ric Flair. Just the one that they uh, took away. No, the one that uh, he got to keep for nine days. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then lost to Flair again. The happy uh, one. <laughs> yeah, the good one. Uh, and then our number one song this week is going to be a uh, good song. Fucking Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Fuck, I, don't, I, I think I, I might know that song. I don't know. Sledgehammer. You don't know that song? Oh, it's got the word it's... Sledgehammer in it? Yeah. <laughs> Look, man, you don't know. It yeah, I don't know if I know it. that one. Uh, the music video is also very famous. Um, Peter Gabriel is, I believe, used to be the singer of Genesis, and then I think uh, he's a, really wasn't he so. in wasn't he in Pink Floyd? No, I think it's Genesis. What if I'm an asshole? Oh man, I hope you're an uh, asshole. I really hope you're an asshole. No, it's Genesis. Yeah, boo. Boo that knowledge being in my brain, but uh, check check it out. 
there's some fucking bangers on this thing, man. On these in 1986, we're looking at uh, Sledgehammer. The next two weeks, The Glory of Love by your favorite Peter Cetera. Oh, dude, that's a bad motherfucker right there. My dad's yeah. on his way to see Chicago right now. Oh shit! Peter Cetera's not in Chicago anymore, but uh, it's still gonna yeah. be sick. Twenty-five and six or whatever. Twenty-five uh, and six to four, bro. Yeah, uh, Papa Don't Preach. By Madonna. Okay. Dethrones Peter Cetera. Uh, then we got Send Me a Higher Love by Steve Winwood, which is a fucking jam. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a good Send one. me a higher love. It's that Bring Me a Higher Love. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You bring that shit uh, to me. You don't send yeah, that shit to me. I need the higher love. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Also God a damn. song. Yeah. Very, very thematic year. Like yeah, a lot of these songs are very similar to each other. Yeah, um, it's interesting, you know. I didn't, I didn't know what 1986 had for me, but turns out, just Steve Winwood, dude, he rules. Yeah, uh, yeah, he has a song called uh, "Valerie" that's fucking awesome. Okay, I did not, I do not know that one. Yeah. Uh, all right, that does it for this week, everybody. We've seen Dusty Rhodes, we've seen Ric Flair, we've been through the matches. We're ending on a high note because, again, Andrew, I hope you're packed. Oh, man. I can't wait to go to Frogtown. (laughs) I, you know, I've got my backpack. I've got my shoes tied tight. I hope I don't get in a fight. It's it's on Tubi, right? Uh, I believe that is what you said. It's not on Tubi anymore. What if we've been hyping it up and I got to buy Hell Comes to Frogtown? Explain it to my wife. I will make I will make you buy it too. Yeah, it cost me a dollar ninety nine. It's on brought. it's on Vudu, so we will probably have to buy it. We'll just make Jacob pay for it to just to be on the show, you know. Yeah. Now we'll figure it, it out. It's like two ninety nine to rent and nine ninety nine to buy. I made a money, so. Right. <laughs> I hope you buy Hell Comes to Frogtown. You won't watch Top Gun Maverick. But I hope you have to spend ten bucks to watch Hell Comes to Frogtown. No, we're we're I'm get, I'm renting it, and we're just we're respecting the window. If you miss the window, yeah. you got you got to rent it. <laughs> if I yeah, the window's open for a brief amount of time. Yeah. Uh. All right. Yeah. Next week we're welcoming Jacob back to continue. I guess what is a tradition of uh, Rowdy Piper based movies <laughs> that we watch and review. Very short uh, tradition. <laughs> yeah, we're watching Hell Comes to Frogtown. And, uh, oh, man, we'll see what happens. But uh, join us next week, because Kayfay may be dead, but we're alive, and so is Frogtown, baby. God damn.